one and we are live painkiller already episode 215 that's right we are proud to once again have our favorite sponsor back crunchyroll.com so if you want one month of free access to their uh, incredible library of anime just go to crunchyroll.com forward slash pka we've tested the product ourselves and we've, we've actually enjoyed it we still have to schedule our third session though and finish <laughs> up uh what is it we're watching? I don't even remember anymore. Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hey, want to see so where we're going with those fucking. Crunchyroll is our favorite sponsor. It's not Dollar think... Shave Club or a random YouTube channel. Well, like, <laughs> I like I like that Dollar Shave Club allows me to to shave my balls more closely than any man ever should. But I've really enjoyed the you know the fellowship that we've enjoyed together. Yeah, watching. yeah. Keep digging yourself out of this. Keep going. <laughs> watching Japanese yeah. cartoons. Um, so when CrunchyRoll.com, his go-to move is to get really gay. Shows this month. <laughs> do you want to hear about the featured shows? Oh, I, well, do I? <laughs> oh, we boy. Get, so there's Con Kali, of course. Uh huh. The Testament of Sister New Devil, Cute High Earth Defense Club, Love, Military, and Psychano. How to What was raise the third one again? Cute High Earth Defense Club, Love. And the Let's one before watch that. That one together. The Testament of Sister New Devil. All right, it's just, it's, I was writing them down. Okay. Uh, okay. Also, um, <laughs> how to raise a boring girlfriend? Uh, I believe that's um, Psychano. How to raise a boring, boring girlfriend? We we should check that out. These titles are really be... interesting. Thank you. That's yeah. Like, I, I am quite curious about them. They're very I intriguing. I don't know them. if they're drawing me in, but they are very like, what the hell is that about? You know what would be fun? <laughs> yeah. I, I I have a great idea. Here's what we should do. Instead of trying to devour an entire um, an entire series, I think it would be fun to have a stream where maybe we watched an episode of each of these things, each of these uh, these featured shows. Because I'd like honestly, I want to know what they're all about, but I don't think I'm going to watch every episode of. of we each of we these. could go halfway too, where every stream. You know how on a stream we tend to watch three or four shows. Mm -hmm. We could do that, but every stream be a different show. And just get That'd be difficult off. to stick, like keep in your head straight. I don't watching care what's going on in the show. Characters I, I think similar it, things. I think, would be, I think it would be more fun to make fun of these shows <laughs> than to actually try to enjoy all of them because I, I just don't think I'm going to enjoy Psychano, How to Raise a Boy, Boy and Girlfriend. That Maybe one interests me. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to. How huh. would you raise a boring girlfriend, Woody? <laughs> How would I raise a boring girlfriend? Chucks, I yeah. guess I'd. Get her doing yard work, and I make sure she doesn't experience worldly things. And uh, I know what I do. I'd put her well, on that Tumblr sounds like a all pretty the time. Ideal girlfriend. I'd put her she on Tumblr constantly things. until she became a goddamn social justice warrior who constantly talked about how Legos don't market appropriately to girls or something, and she'd be boring as fuck. <laughs> that's what I do. Presto. So that's that, crunchyroll.com slash PKA, and keep in mind, you can Crunchyroll is an app that you can uh, enjoy on almost <clears throat> any application, any app, any service really, whether it's, whether it's Xbox One, PlayStation 4, your tablet, your phone, whatever, you can you can use this service. And I, I really think we should do a night, I, I think we should, we should look at this more like Mystery Science Theater 3000 style. I think it would be fun to watch like one episode from each of these things and compare... Because they, they're all so ridiculous. Military, Bleach, like, I feel like that's either poor translation or the show is literally insane. And I want to find out which is which. 
uh, a sub tweeted me and said that we should be talking about the Xbox One app because for him anyway, it was a huge selling point of Crunchyroll. So anyway, uh, if that's your preferred way to consume content, they've got an Xbox One app. It's supposed to be good. Yeah, I, and there's a Roku app even. I've, I've, I've seen it on my Roku device. There's little ads oh. every now and then. And they're so everything. I've got uh, a Roku. I yeah. Should, yeah. And I have a Crunchyroll app. I just watch it on PC though. I'm a big fan of the Roku, and I feel like a dumbass because I only recently found out that the reason that thing has a strap on it is because it doubles as a Wii remote mm -hmm. for the Roku device. So there are actually like the there are games and stuff, and, yeah. and it's motion tracking. Dude, I love the strap. I have no idea. Because what happens is I'll have a like so the Roku remote is the one that I actually want like 80% of the time. But it's sitting in a pile of remotes for like my ceiling fan, an air conditioner because this room is boiling all the time, um, the TV, right? The TV I just turn it on and off. That's pretty much all that remote is for. But the one with the strap, it's so easy to find. Like I can mm -hmm. blindly reach into a pile of remotes yeah. and I come up with the Roku one. I used to make jokes about that. I would always like make a joke about the Roku's strap on the road i'd be like this is for when you're a real fucking couch potato when you're just like <laughs> laid back <laughs> i'm just <laughs> you've got the things you wake up from a drunken stupor your mash has been going on for 93 episodes and you, you just want to get to the 94th but it's asking you it's asking you for the eighth time tonight if you really want to continue <laughs> there's no way you can find that remote but wait it's strapped to your fucking arm <laughs> And you're back in Dude, business. I'm worse than that, right? Because I'm like a bed potato. So I'm just like flapping around, trying to reach all these remotes. And then, yeah, you grab it. And yeah. and, and then it reminds you, like, Kyle, hey, you are you sure you shouldn't that, go outside and uh, do, do you something with your keep life? Watching thing. Do you guys ever feel judged by the, do you want to keep watching? Do you want, <laughs> are you sure you want to continue? Yeah. It's like, yes, I'm sure. Just because I've watched for nine hours doesn't I give you a reason challenge. to judge me, Netflix. Let me be. I take it as a personal challenge. I'm like, yeah, I'm watching all of The Office today. <laughs> <sighs> I have sat through some serious marathons because every now and then a, a, a series will either become available to watch or I'll have discovered it new, uh, newly or it's one of those series that I watch repeatedly and it's just it's been you know two years since I've been through the library and so I'm just going to do it again. I've been doing that with The Shield lately. I just watched... Every episode of The Shield, and there's seven seasons and like 12 or 13 episodes a season, so, and they're 40 minutes long, so I just watched a shitload of The Shield. Jesus hmm. Christ. It's a lot <laughs> of a show that I've never many seen time, or heard things about. Many a time it asked me if I wanted to continue, and many times I said yes. <laughs> you forged ahead. I forged ahead. <laughs> Are we ready for a new topic? Yes, what do you got? Uh, I was thinking... Gold Glove and the Chargebacks? Tell me uh, more. I don't know what that means. Okay, so here's the deal. Sounds um, like a band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Gold Glove and the Chargebacks. <laughs> Gold Glove and the Chargebacks. I, 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 I dig them, yeah. They'd probably be on my playlist. Um, so here's the deal. A chargeback is when you call your credit card company and say it wasn't really you who made the charge. And uh, at Woodycraft, we become experts in dealing with this shit. Our chargebacks, on a related note, have gone way, way down since the whole drama of me wanting to sue a kid. 
because uh well one because everyone knew that we'd pursue it and and not just roll over and let it let it happen and two we'd become experts at like tracking you and proving that it was actually you who who did it so people aren't really successfully charging back or woodycraft and change things anyway this kid donated i think a thousand dollars at least that's what gold glove said it was a thousand dollars and uh let me get the quote right because he's you know people are fussing at him for this i don't want to get it wrong um Someone just charged back over $1,000 in donations. Literally want to smack this kid in the mouth. Um, then he said, what's worse is it's someone who pressed me to be on the top donators list. So um, I'm not an expert on this top donators list thing, but I'm guessing that he has like a sort of a Hall of Fame type deal, you know, for people who donate a ton. And uh, live streamers, it's kind of their primary form of income. You know, the, 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 the donations, they keep rolling in. And Gold Glove, by the way, if you don't know, is one of the world's biggest live streamers. Like, if you haven't been paying attention, like, there was a time where, like, he was a YouTuber and a YouTuber and YouTuber. And uh, he was doing well, but he was never really, like, crushing it on YouTube. He was kind of just, like, really working hard at it. And in the last, I'll make it up, in the last year or so, uh, he started really crushing it, both on YouTube and especially on live stream. And uh, this guy donated thousands, become sort of a, a little you know internet celebrity, uh, high roller. And now he's told his credit card company that it wasn't really him who made the charges and tried to get all the money back. So, um, Interesting. yeah, and it, it kind of stinks as, the, as a seller for every charge, there's also a $20 fee. So, um, you know, sometimes, you know, these things, they roll in like 15 bucks at a time, but to you, they're coming out 35 bucks at a time because every one is another $20 fee that goes with it. And, uh, now they're all making a big deal out of gold glove saying he literally wants to smack a kid in the mouth, but gold glove, if you're watching this, I support you and your kid smacking mouthiness. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why anyone would backpedal. I don't know why he would backpedal from that. You should want to smack them. I would want them smacked. I, I there was no way there's no way I'd backpedal from that. I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, of course you do. The, he, he stole from me. He tricked me. It reminds me of like People are hating on him for saying he wanted to smack him. I don't understand unless they're this taking that old school <clears throat> approach of like, oh, well, it's just for fun anyway, you know, it's not a real job, which at this point I think that ship has sailed, like people recognize it as a real job, mm -hmm. you would hope in which so. case they would only be like, oh, well, so many other people are donating, why don't you just, you know, be thankful for what you have? It's that's like, what well, they yeah, would but, tell me a lot, like, you know, that's oh, annoying. Woody, you've got money, it's okay to steal from you, and, uh, I hate to make this about me, it's really about Gold Glove. In my case, <laughs> I provided a product, like, th these people were Woody playing for months that, and months and months. Gold Glove needs your lawyer. Because Woody sued that one kid so hard, he suicide. <laughs> what Killed actually happened? Let me tell what Woody's happened. I, I've always wanted yeah. to sort of tell the follow-up to that because people... I never sued Did him. I? Um, what happened was we provided enough proof to his credit card company that the kid was you know, committing credit card fraud. And uh, his credit card company gave us the money. And that, that's how it all ended. He, uh, there was never any court. There was never That anything. wasn't good enough for Woody. So Woody <laughs> okay, hired, what next? Woody, Woody hired him. <laughs> Woody hired a few tough guys. And they went up there. Go, go back up to New Jersey where this kid lives. And they one broke guy with all a pipe, his, one guy with a chain. They broke all of his fingers twice <laughs> on each finger so he couldn't fucking type anymore. And then they pulled all of his teeth out with pliers. Because that's what Woody wanted. It's true. He told us before the show. Yeah, yeah that's all off-air stuff. No, but what yeah. really happened was we got his money. And... Uh, and, and, dude, that guy had played, like, every day for months and months and months. He used his product. This guy just gave money 
for nothing. Like he gave a donation, like out of a, I guess, kindness of his heart. And, uh, and then he took it all back. But it, it's rough because, you know, you, you leave people in a trail of debt. Like I'm, I'm sure Goldman's not in debt. He's doing well. But I don't know. You commit this. They think it's something that, that you know, you did. And, and then you just undo it. So and, what was it was just someone donating to him or it was him someone paying for his stream what was it typically what it goes like this like when you donate during the stream uh, maybe like a sentence you know it'll pop up on your screen and say Mercadurka popped up and gold glove i'm your biggest fan and then gold glove will notice it and say oh Merka, thank you for your donation of 15 dollars. i really appreciate that and then he'll go back to it and uh pretty much people you know, pay a few bucks just to get noticed, and uh, and maybe they feel a, a certain debt, even for all the entertainment that they're getting. And you know, like, hey, here, I like you. Here's ten bucks, and and uh, that stuff adds up into, you know, sounds a little bit like being a stripper. It does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it really does. I, um, ooh, thank you, I, little I, boy, sixty nine, for your eighty cents. Stick in the stream, and we'll have some more fun for you coming. I up. have, like, I have no idea how much money. <laughs> But let's just put an arbitrary, easy math figure on it. A million. Yeah, it's like it's a million dollars a, a day. Um, <laughs> now imagine job. if he had his dick in his hand. Just imagine how much <laughs> more money he would be making. Yeah. Like, Gold Glove, you think Twitch TV is good? Chatterbait's where the money is, baby. Yeah, if you, if you could monetize that. Like, I feel like that monetizes so much better. Dude, if Gold Glove were on Chatterbait, I'd have to check it out. I want to know if the tiny penis thing is true. What oh. is Chatterbait? Uh, well, you've heard of Chat Roulette, right? Yes. Yeah. That was I, like five years ago. <laughs> I, I think it's a similar concept, except that it's pretty much people masturbating, and and you donate. Oh, so there's no pretense this time. It's the same <laughs> site without the pretend that you're gonna. Well, I wonder. Well, I wonder if I could hook up with somebody in Italy, talk to them about culture. Like, just, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> there is a guy on YouTube. I hope he wouldn't mind. Me, like. In my head, I'm like, he doesn't mind me saying this. First of all, it's history. Second, it's well, really well documented. It's like saying, you might not know, but Hitler, uh, like, he did this war thing. Like, yeah, everyone knows about that. Chatterbait, the only thing that seems unique about Chatterbait to me is that they come right out and, like, have, like, part of Masturbate in the name of it. But there are many sites where, like, they're, like, streaming sites where, like, people go on there and they're, you know, everybody's naked and they're streaming and they're groups of people watching them be naked and do stuff and then maybe they're having sex or masturbating. Were or you trying to guide yeah. us off the topic of the YouTuber that went there? Maybe. Okay. I'll follow If I were him, I'd, I'd just be like, let it die. Alright, alright. I won't even mention his name, but there was a guy who was kind of well-known in the Call of Duty scene who went to Chatterbait and, uh, and did. we had him on the show. And uh, it was... <sighs> Like, you could see part of it was the income, you know. He, he wasn't rolling in dough or anything, and it was useful. But a big part of it was the uh, the ego boost that he got out of it. it. It made him feel good. He he suddenly became one of the most successful guy, And as a guy, he was as successful as many of the top girls. And, uh, and I saw him, and I he was fit. That. Just saying. Yeah, we watched him masturbate. Just for the record, I I saw that. Um, yeah, Woody, Woody, Woody brought it to me, and and, and we watched <laughs> boy masturbate together, and then we decided or whether or not it was actually him or not. And we and were we wrong. Decided that it wasn't. We yeah. were wrong. We were like, that's not him. That's not him. Yeah, it's just I don't, we were wrong. 
I remember seen... seeing a still image of this video, but I don't know the guy's name. But it, it was that same dude who did YouTube, who was just masturbating on the side. It was. Good for yeah. him. On, on yeah, the YouTube dude, I had only seen very small pictures of him. And uh, in the little pictures, he looked like a beanpole, like Beaker from the Muppets. And then on Chatterbait, with his shirt off and his cock out, I suppose, he was like, that guy's pretty buff. <laughs> you know, that's... Maybe I should His start muscles, working I out. Maybe I should join him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> fucker, oh, to be twenty something again, and uh, uh, but and I was like, that's just not him. And then, like, oh, and by the way, his look was really kind of generic like like he had like a crew cup sort of high top whatever i think mm. in the video kyle and i did together he's like dude i got like three friends who are cops all of them look like that guy yeah you yeah. know it, it was just sort of a generic military guy type white thing dude you know like he, he he just looked like every white dude you've ever seen he's got a crew cut and like has a, a you know he's clean shaven he just looked like everybody he had li he's got light hair you couldn't tell. You I, heard it here first. He's all white dudes look the same. And, and yeah, we, we all thought, look the same. We, I thought it wasn't him because on Chatterbait, he was clearly very fit. And in the little pictures I had seen, like he was on my Skype list. So I had like a tiny little icon so of him good. and stuff. Um, you know, I, I thought they were different people. He looked so like uh, skinny, like like he needed to lift weights in the tiny picture. Oh, um I was I was thinking that this was a little homoerotic, and then I remembered that uh, Skype conversation that Chiz and I had. Did you catch our conversation about um, um, what's his? Who's the guy who who we just watched the movie Gone Girl? Who's um, um the ben guy Affleck? in that? Ben Affleck. Did you see that? Um, did you see his dick in the movie? Did you catch that uh, that scene? Well, no, but do you have a screenshot? No. Oh, oh, I remember. Oh we saw it just barely. Okay, so here's when, here, here, here was the text conversation between me and Chiz. Chiz just links me to a push, and it's a close-up of Affleck's cock. And when we watched the film, I noticed that you could see his dick, and I didn't say anything because it was a, you know, it's kind of a thriller, like, mystery thing. Like, it's high attention. There's no time to be silly about his dick. Like, okay, his dick's there. All right, leave it alone. Chiz sends me a close-up, zoomed-in push of Affleck's cock. And so that I can like see the way it contours over his balls and shit, and I'm just oh. like, I'm just like, what is it? And it's accompanied by 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 a text message. It's, it's something like, I caught this on my third viewing. Thought you guys would want to see. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know which one of us is more gay because I caught it on my first viewing, but I didn't make a push of it and send it to two other guys. <laughs> Yeah, right. see, that makes you that makes him gay because he made a push of it and then sent it to other men. Like, hey, validate my opinions of this other man's genital. Like, and it was, you know, it, it, yeah, it that was makes the, you attentive. He, yeah, you know, I, I, I well, noticed it, and I just I put just me down nothing for it. gayest because I'm going through my <laughs> Skype history looking for a picture of his cock, and uh, I can't find it. Shit. It's probably back like a week, maybe oh, wait, wait. more. When did uh, he wait, get naked in that it. movie? There was a shower scene. Oh, there it is. Um, there it is. I shouldn't say anything. I'm just going to... I got to say, Batflick's looking in shape here. I wasn't paying attention. I uh, <laughs> definitely... I'm definitely looking at Ben Affleck's penis right now. I, I don't know why. Why, why, why? 
Because, uh, I mean, everyone... Dude, if you're watching this, right, don't you wish you... Like, aren't you kind of curious what we're talking about? It's, uh... It's, <laughs> shall we... It, it, it's, it's, <laughs> I would say it's, you know, it, it's it's larger than average. It's, uh... it's it's, it's it, He is circumcised. Mm -hmm. uh, seems, to be, seems to be trimmed quite closely. It, 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 I took it a little bit like i saw it and thought eh, whatevs but then i was looking at the rest of him he's fit he's he seemed to have pretty much a, a flat tummy he, oh he's getting you know, batman he's got good shape. pecs yeah he was getting in batman oh, yeah, shape batman during shape. that movie he, what's uh, the coloration of the penis like well i'll pull it back up it's flash color Kyle? you know it's it's pretty pretty standard tones did you say flash colored are you serious <laughs> yeah, <flesh -colored. laughs> yeah. It's uh, not too, not Here, too Mark, dark, not I'll too give, light. I'll give average. you a link. No, I don't want to look at it. I just wanted to get no, too him to be. And you know, want to look at it. Um, Shut up. You know you do. You do. Everyone here watching is like, ah, uh, all right, I'll take a look. You know what? Everyone, if you're secretly like wondering about this picture we're talking about, I'm marking you down for 15% gay. Don't be okay. It's it's um, it's a spectrum. Yeah. So, so I would say it, it's know, a pretty that, penis to to use a wings of redemption thing. <laughs> there's a filter that every movie uses now. It's either like a, a like a bluish color or an orangish color in every scene of every movie that's made now. And this yeah. one happens to be blue, so it's got kind of a smurf cock going on too. But but I did, I saw it, didn't think anything of it, wasn't going to bring it to anyone's attention because it was a moment of like deep reflection for his character. There was no time to go, dong! <laughs> like, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good movie. We should have uh, made time. But then, if you think they're making a movie like that, and they want you to be reflecting on a certain theme or something, don't you think they know, like, alright, maybe forego a cock right now, because people are going to be thinking, dong! Just like Kyle I, was saying. You know, I... I don't know. Take some responsibility. Get that cock out of that frame. Wait I'm a minute. Sure. I'm not sure what the thought process was for leaving the cock in. Um, like in that Nymphomaniac movie on that's on Netflix, there's penetration and cum shots and that shit. Like, what is it called? I need to look at it. Nymphomaniac. Uh, there's two parts. It's six hours long. Ew. Also, um, yeah. That's like a songs. Gone Girl and a Half. Nine songs uh, is... It's pretty much a porn on Netflix. It's there's full penetration and like close up oral scenes and stuff if I remember right. I, is it under uh, the auspice of something else? Well, it's like is it, it not flying its true flag of porn? It it really is more than just porn. Like like there's a plot and the the there's like you know you see porn actresses act and they just seem like really bad at it. They've never yeah. had a lesson. No, these were like real, what I would have to assume are trained actors and actresses in a high production movie, and they were just willing to fuck, I guess. <clears throat> it, it, yeah. It was Interesting. Well, I'll have to check that out. A lot of the Game of Thrones actresses are uh, porn stars. Yeah, Shay was. Tyrion's uh, mistress. <clears throat> I gotta say, I am already on disc six, I think. Yeah, I'm on mm. disc like six of uh of of the first book, and there are a total of I think twenty eight discs. So I'm making getting progress. I'm get, I'm, I'm making progress, and I really like it. I, it's 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 great, especially after because I watched the show first, obviously. So I've kind of got that as a structure to kind of for my imagination to paint its tapestry of of wonder on. 
<laughs> you know, when they when they mention a character, my I don't have to use my imagination to know what that character looks like. I already know exactly what he looks like. So when they describe him to a T, it's all the better. Uh, I like hmm. it a lot. So you're on disc six of the first book. Yes. You're doing audiobook. Yes. Okay. And the cool part about that is the um, uh, the reader is is doing voices for each character, and uh, and he I, I guess he actually oh set is it the old fuck? Yeah, yeah. The really old guy. He's the guy in uh, season two in the penultimate episode of the Battle of Blackwater Bay. He's the guy, the old fuck who made all the wildfire. Oh. That old man who just he advises against it. Like he's <laughs> that old. That's funny if that's true. I I saw I read a little bit on the back of the audio disc packet and um I saw a picture of him and I saw that he had won he had the Guinness world record for most voices in an audiobook and it was you know on this audiobook because he does a voice for every fucking character in Game of Thrones and there are dozens oh so many what was yeah. his uh Roy Dutrice it's normal to do voices yeah. in an audiobook have, have you guys like every audiobook I, I've read read uh had voices in it. I think it's normal, are... but he did a good job with it. It wasn't mm. over the top I... distracting for the most part. Where, I feel like, like they're more generic. Off... Normally, yeah. like, mm. like normally they're more generic. But with this guy, they seem like he's totally doing the same voice for those characters throughout the whole thing. Like it's not just old his old man voice. It's that specific old man voice because he the old man with the green beard who fucking. You know, was the captain of the sh of the galley that brought Catelyn to King's Landing. Like that guy has a specific pirate-like accent that he never had done before, and uh, I like it. I'm, I'm digging it a lot, and the story's so much better uh, when you've got all the little details and the characters. Are What's happening where you're at right now? Um, Peter uh, Littlefinger just has called Catelyn to his room uh, because she just has arrived in King's Landing. Uh, to warn Eddard about the uh, attempt on Bran's life. She's got the dagger, and in the book, uh, you know, she she grabbed that dagger when they were trying to when that guy was trying to kill Bran, and mm -hmm. she held on to it and cut her hand. In the show, you know, they just cut her hands, and it was like no big deal, you know, because it's TV. But like in the book, like she can't use these two fingers anymore; they don't move, and the rest of them are all kind of like not dexterous anymore. Like she has yeah, a hard time. Yeah, her hand was like almost cut in half in the books. Yeah. Yeah, it was cut almost to the bone, and uh, and and so like she can't use them very well. Hmm. It's uh, I like I'm digging this a lot. Uh, I I listen to it in the car constantly when I'm in the car, and I've brought it inside and just put it in my uh, uh, sound system and listen to it in the couch. I, I'm digging it. You but like you can't, it so like, much. I want to get it. Like it, and I've been driving a lot. Like today is a random day. I probably drove two and a half hours. Like I'd I'd make real progress. You could have it downloaded tonight. Yeah, I could put it on my phone and it syncs with my radio and does a thing. You really should and just see how you like it because it's, I mean, you'll know right away because it's, you'll At see. At least I, I listen to a couple of the books in the audiobook form and after you get like just a few chapters in, you're just so enthralled and into it, like no matter what you're doing, playing video games, driving, in the hmm. shower, you're just, I was just listening to it nonstop to that old man narrating <laughs> my life. Yeah. <laughs> It's wonderful. It really is. I, 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 it, and he adds so much. Like I love the show. I really do. And and when every show ends after it's fifty minutes or fifty two minutes or whatever it is, I'm like shit. 
I wish there were another 52 minutes, like, just to flesh out everything I just watched. Yeah, I get sad. Yeah, in the books there are. Like, in the books, each little uh, moment uh, is expanded upon by, you know, it's three or four pages a moment, it seems. Like, everything is... It, like the whole scene where um, Arya and the Butcher's Boy are are having a stick fight, and uh, Sansa and Joffrey come upon them, and Joffrey gets out with his sword, and and there's the whole confrontation. Like that's fleshed out so much better, and you're left hating Joffrey so much more, and liking Sa- Sansa so are and, and hating Hard Sansa. Hard to hate Joffrey more. much more. <laughs> oh no, no you hate him more in the books because he does even him? more fucked up shit. Yeah, he's worse in the books, and even even worse, he's so in the in the show. Joffrey isn't much to look at. I don't find mm-hmm. I, you know I don't. I, he's not like a re, like Jamie Lannister's a great looking guy. Mm-hmm. Joffrey's kind of a toad. He's a little shit. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not he's not he's not ugly, but he's certainly not a handsome young I, man. I think he's a handsome young man. I, I think you're maybe somewhat influenced by his personality. In the book. He's taller than any of the other kids. He's 12, Rob is 15, and he's, and yet he's still taller than Rob. Maybe Rob's 14. He, yeah, mm-hmm. Rob's 14. But he's still taller than Rob, and he's got like these golden curls of hair, and he sings with a high, pure voice to, like as he rides along on his horse. And he's pretty good with a sword. He's the one that's had more sword training because like he uses a real sword, not a wooden sword like the Starks. Like, he's more he's hateable. He's got the real because, Valyrian steel. No, no, not in the but book. He's, he's captain of the football team of Game of Thrones. In the book, Thrones. he gets it eventually. Yeah, he gets it eventually. He's the but guy he's, who dates the prom queen. In 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 the yeah, show, he's a stud. He, in the show, he's good with at, at anything. You know, he's really just a scumbag. And if he weren't a prince, you wouldn't think much of him. Mm-hmm. But in the book, he's got some good. He's got some talents. Like like he's he's uh. He's got some some. He's good at some stuff, and and that makes him even easier to hate. Which is probably the right way to go about it, because you, you always wondered like, why did Sansa like this guy in the first place? He was a little shit from day one, mm-hmm. but in the book, I can kind of like from what you're telling me, like, oh yeah, you know, I, I can see why a girl might go for him, and, oh, and even overlook like, a fall or two. He it's the he's pulling the dentist system on him totally, dude. He's like he uh, he's coming in the <laughs> scene where. Uh, there's a scene where uh, Sansa uh, goes to the Queen's wheelhouse uh, and she see- she sees Ilan Payne for the first time, the King's headsman, and he scares her so much that she backs away and starts crying, and she backs right into the Hound, who also scares her. So she like falls to her knees crying, and Joffrey's like like runs into her rescue. He's like, "Get away from her! You're scaring her! Like, get out of here! You Hound, just leave." Get out of here. Come here, my lady. Are they bothering you? Like, he's legitimately coming to her rescue. his value. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we should segue into that. Have you seen the new episode of Sunny? I have. Uh, I know. I watched the first one of this season. I think the other one came out last night, right? Last, yeah, I watched it today. It, it was better than the first one. It was better than the first one. Really? The dentist system well, comes Don't ruin up. it. Okay, all right. We I won't... like the first one more. Uh, you can say, say I, I don't really give a shit. I'm not over bleak. The dentist the system plays a major role, and uh, but I felt like it was a little repetitive. Like It was just the same. It, it was almost like a Saturday Night Live episode, but 30 minutes long. They, they just like, <laughs> oh, my God, the same joke again and again and again. Like, you know, oh, this thing you bothers like me. like it. Mm, I didn't hate it. I, mean, I make it sound like I hated you, it. But What yeah. about the whole thing where... Uh... 
where Charlie, Frank, and Mac had had come up with like you know the system where anytime they said something wrong, Frank blew the whistle until they were actually good at dating. <laughs> like Charlie was <laughs> Charlie was like, I got like forty cats, and Frank's like, blows the whistle, and then you see like a cut. He's like, I got like eight cats that live in my sink. He's like, <laughs> and so it was like another scene. He's like, I don't have any cats, but I really like them. Frank's like, yeah. <laughs> like the, like the, the dates keep going better and better. They've got a whole list of things they're not allowed to say on their group dates, and there's a they're on the they're on this marker board. AIDS is written in big letters. Also, creatine shits. <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk about that. And and Max like no no creatine is is a mast building product. And by by telling them that I have the creatine shits, they know that I don't just know about the product. I use it. <laughs> but like, see it, it it's kind of funny when you're saying it but as i was watching it like that big list of like 90 things they weren't allowed to talk about and by the end i'm just like oh i get it your cats your poop aids like you know like everyone was just painstakingly like 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 an snl skit where they have a five seconds worth of joke and they do a five minute skit on just repeating it dennis was falling apart meanwhile mm-hmm I like that. I thought that was funny. D was becoming a super whore. That was funny to me as well. I liked the episode. I thought it was the best one I'd seen in a while. I liked it a lot. I like D as the super whore. And that, that was, was funny. funny. She thought yeah. that she was... And she kept she bagging the these like great guys. And yeah. then she'd like dump them. Like, what? You're you're like, whatever. A, uh, a pedophile. A pediatric neurologist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a huge difference there. <laughs> You're a pedophile or a chiropractor? You chiropractors? Uh, I'm a spinal surgeon. Yeah, whatever. Let's let's get out of here. Let's bang. <laughs> She's, uh, I really I read on Reddit, and maybe I've mentioned this before, but it was the um, the theory that the only characters who were presented as they truly were were Frank and Charlie. And that all the other characters, were, we were seeing a delusional um, self-image uh, projected upon us. Because it doesn't make sense that Dennis would have to go through the Dennis system to get laid. Because seemingly he is a pretty good-looking guy, right? Like, 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 like he is good-looking. He shouldn't have to be, you know, tricking women and swindling women and drugging them left and right. He should be able to just get a girl. Right. And uh, and and Mac is really obsessed with his looks and and wanting to be big and and muscular. And Mac is pretty big and good looking and muscular. Like like it's clear that he works out. Like he's not some giant muscular man, but like he's in good shape. And D is always having to fuck these toad looking men. Literally, there was a toad person in that last episode when <laughs> Danny DeVito saw that toad man. He had such disgust in his eyes. It was that that really cracks me up. That Danny DeVito looked down upon this guy that she had fucked. But <laughs> D is actually great looking. You know, you've seen her. I'm sure in a bikini. Like like she's she's got like a ripped body and she's she's great looking. That, so it's one of the I, funnier skits to me that. That, like through, through all nine seasons, they all act like she's completely repulsive, and no guy would ever want to be with D. And it's like, I, I, do I have low standards? Because I would hit that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, know I, what you th mean. I think like, you're always like, oh, you're just an undateable ostrich girl, or whatever the <laughs> hell they say. And she's really not. She's not bad. Yeah. Very thin. And we've seen in shape. She's had use... kids, so that's a good sign. And we've seen them use the device of like an unreliable source before in the episode about who got D pregnant, where as they think back upon the the the, the events, like D is 
is literally like an ostrich or something at one point. <laughs> so, so I think that's a that's a that, that's a pretty uh, possible theory that maybe at some point they reveal like what the characters really look like, and D is like five foot nothing and like super chubby and just disgusting. Like they're all just disgusting looking, and like that that what we've been looking at are just you know. I want to circle back to Taylor. Why was it a good sign that she had had kids before? Is like is oh, her I mean, fertility some in, kind of green light? Like, like. No, no. I meant like that she had had kids in real life. I don't think in the show she's had kids. Or no, she had her surrogate kid. I think in the show. But I was saying like, oh, she had a kid and she got back down to skinny. That's that's a good sign. That's all I meant by it. Not. Mm. Yeah, I don't want to be with a chick who's had kids. Not that there's anything wrong with that when you get older, but at my age now, it's just kind of limiting. All right, but when like when you evaluate women as genetic material, you say that one who's gone back down to her fighting weight after a kid, that's that's a notch in her column. A Certainly. feather in her cap. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would say a so. feather yeah, in her cap. Know, it it says something about her genetically and uh, about her you know her willpower, what she's what she's what she's uh, what's yeah. important to her. She's her not determination. Like like I I feel like. Um, you know, that's I, I, there's plenty of stereotypes about men, but but one of them that's probably true about women is like there are a lot of women who get married, have one kid, and they're like, oh, I'm done. I don't need to be hot anymore. I'm not going to be. A <laughs> and they just <laughs> become like, This is me now. Jackie's weight <laughs> like, just like, melted off. I think it was that she breastfed, and uh, that stuff is fatty. She pretty much just pumped all her body fat out of her boobs. <laughs> that's how it works at all. No, that's how it works. She got fat when she was pregnant too. Like I don't talk about it much, but um, I, I, I think she gained like Lowry I think she gained like forty something pounds when she had a kid, oh, forty six wow. pounds or something. Wow, and, uh, that's that's a significant. Were you weight. worried? Were you worried when she was like, <laughs> you know, she's like. You know, maybe a week before she, you know, the day before she gave birth, were you worried that, that your wife was never going to look the same again? Oh, yeah. Day before. <laughs> like, three weeks after. I'm like, yeah, you're still going, right? Right? Like, you're... <laughs> you know, I appreciate the improvement. I can see. But this isn't the final product right now. <laughs> this is... Stage four of ten, honey. We're doing great. <laughs> oh so, did as you were, were you in the room waiting for Hope to be born um, in the birthing chamber? Yeah. So the both the kids chamber? were. Both the kids <laughs> were. <laughs> the Meister does it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Meister. Both the kids were C-section because they were breech, and um, uh, so like what they, let's see. I was there as they put this like um. What is the name of the? It's like the the they put medicine in her spine to make her oh, not epidural. have pain anymore. Epidural, yeah, that's what I'm going for. So I was there as they did the epidural, and then I kind of leave, and as I and then when I come back, when they're ready to like retrieve the baby from her belly, and uh, dude, like the first time in particular, I I don't think of myself as being bad with like blood or like what? medical situations and stuff, <laughs> but. Um, but, but, it's kind when, of, but when they reached inside of your wife's stomach and pulled your child out like one of those chest bursters <laughs> from the movie it, Alien, it was a it, bit much. Is that what you're gonna gonna say? It started. No, dude. Like the, it, it will forever be burned <laughs> in my head. Um, they didn't use a scalpel, I think, or something. 
They use like a burning laser to get in. And the smell of like burnt... Skywalker when he cut open that tauntaun for warmth. <laughs> exactly like that. I will never forget the smell of burnt flesh. Like you walk in the room and it's like, holy shit. Like, like they burned her open or something. And, and like, it smells bad in here. Not like poo or something. Just, just burnt human. Like, like, like they like cooked her. And, um, and she's laying there all chill, right? A little like days kind of happy. And, uh, and you know, oh, I, I go in and, and they're like, all right, we're ready to get her. And, and of course they all talk about how the kid's ugly and looks like an alien and everything. I still wasn't prepared for just how ugly my daughter would be. <laughs> she looks better now, but um, she comes out looking that that thing from uh, what's the Schwarzenegger movie where he uh, Total Recall? Do you remember Total Recall when like that guy opens his his uh, jacket up and that symbiotic life form is in there and it's all like nah nah and it's fucking message to Schwarzenegger. So then, Woody, when you saw your child first, was it like being honest, one hundred percent honest with yourself? Was it just unabashed love just from the first touch or was there a little bit of like oh jesus like, no. is this going to get better quickly or what oh god so uh there was all this build-up with regards to the love thing right like we went to lamaze classes and stuff and it was we were learning that there was going to have to be a c-section because of the breach and we're in lamaze classes like what are we doing this is such a like fucking like i'm just going through the motions there's no chance we're doing any of this breathing shit but um they were like, oh, you see the baby and you instantly love the baby. Like you instantly have this great bond or whatever. Me, I got that bond like a year and a half later. Like like a year and a half later. It wasn't like that at all. <laughs> That's I, I, old timey. That's because you're so yeah, old. Yeah, the kid That's had to grow on you for a bit. I've heard that before. You know, in the old days, they wouldn't even name a kid until it was like two. Because you don't know if they're going <laughs> to yeah, make it or not. <laughs> yeah. So, for me, like, the baby came out, and, it, and all I saw was, like, responsibility. I was like, all right. So now I got this to, to handle. <laughs> you know, like, that was, that was my you know, take. You're like... Oh, hey there, little one. You look so expensive. That <laughs> yeah. And, and oh, I, I've, I've told this so many times, so forgive the repeat story, but um, I had a fear. Okay, for starters, every baby looked the same to me. Every baby to me, you know, they bring them by the office and look at our new kid or whatever, and it'd be like, Pfft. Yeah, yeah, it's a baby. They look all, they're freaking identical, every one of them. And I had this great fear that mine was going to get, like, swapped at the hospital. And me, having some sort of baby blindness, would have no idea that that wasn't my kid. Like, if you wanted to swap babies on me, I, I, I just would have no clue, because they all looked the same. I'd never really given a shit about any baby, and they looked identical. So, <laughs> so when I got mine, like, I first saw her, Hope was nine pounds nine ounces and she had a full head of like carrot top spiky red hair and in, and she was the only one like her like you know that room with all the babies and all the little cribs yeah. at the hospital you could it's like all right that one that one right there is the one i got because because she was gigantic and she had like like crazy red carrot hair <laughs> and and uh but yeah and like i remember like you know, the thing's two months old or something, the thing, right? She's two months old, and, uh, you know, Jackie's just loving her up or whatever and getting all these cuddles. Me, it was just like, oh, fuck. And, uh, but it was, like, for me, it's somewhere around, like, a maybe it was a year-ish. I, I said a year and a half. I mean, I exaggerated. 
in about a year, she was like getting a personality and, and Hope did everything fast. Like she walked ahead of schedule. She talked ahead of schedule. At one year old, she was singing the alphabet, which, uh, which is, you know, much quicker than normal. And I wasn't a competitive parent. I know I talked to Kyle about this before. I wasn't a competitive parent, but I also wouldn't like lose. Like, you know, so you say how old was a kid when they walked and... Uh, it's like a spectrum, you know, is a kid who stands on their own walking. Hmm? What about a kid who does what they call couch surfing, right? Where they sort of like hold on to something and walk alongside of it, or they go from like the couch to the coffee table and make their way around on their feet. But the real primary form of like locomotion is crawling like that. That'll be a stage. And, um, my, my wife had this friend, Tina and her boy was Chase. And uh, Tina was real competitive, which wasn't really a problem because undeniably her son lost at everything next to Hope. Like, so it was like, yeah, be competitive all you want. I don't give a shit. And uh, um, but Hope was like in that walking spectrum. You know, she could couch surf or something or maybe even take a couple steps on her own before she dropped to crawling and really went somewhere. And uh, then Tina comes along and I, like, dude, the way she said it, like, oh, my son is walking now. And that was the fucking day I decided that Hope walked too. Like, all right, so does my daughter. Fuck it. Because she walked better than Chase. I just wasn't making a big deal about it. And uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Chase's mom being a stuck-up bitch. Oh, my son can walk. I'm proud of him. Would well, he stop that? You take Chase down and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did smack him around when no one was looking. Yeah. But uh shake him real good. <laughs> so, but Take yeah, out his legs, so just you're not walking anymore, little man. <laughs> yeah, break his ankles. <laughs> so um so, yeah, that that's that was the story. She uh she was big and red haired and everything was fast. About, um, you wanna talk about Tom Brady? Sure. NFL's favorite controversy. So, do, do you know the specifics? I don't know well, the now specifics. now I'm questioning so them. I, I need to be caught up. Okay, so, so I guess I should be exact about this. I, I know that, like, post-game, after the Patriots won um, the, the, cha the, the championship the other night, uh, like, the vast majority of their, uh, their balls, their footballs were, were under-inflated. Uh, so they're accusing Tom Brady of using these underinflated footballs to gain some sort of advantage, and they found some quote from him from many years ago where he said he did indeed prefer an underinflated ball. Can I interrupt and, you? Yeah. For our non-American viewers, Tom Brady is the quarterback of an American football team, the Patriots, and they deflated a couple balls under the idea that it made it slightly easier to catch them. And... Uh, the Patriots just beat the Colts by some ridiculous score. Does anyone know the score? Was it like 38-7 to 7 or something? I don't know the score. I didn't watch the game. Uh, I know that 11 out of the 12 balls uh, were, were underinflated. All right. I'm going to look up the score real quick. Because to me, it's critical. Like, if they're going to make a big deal out of the underinflated balls, it's noteworthy that, that they freaking ran it. I'm trying to find this. Is it, though? I think it, it, only because like if they had won by a field goal or something and Tom Brady had some unfair advantage, then, then that would be a thing. But since they won, like since they blew him out, I, I don't feel know. Like... <sighs> okay. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't like cheating at all. If it was 45 to seven, 
that's a that's a real blowout. But yeah. but I'm I'm still saying Thanks. like if he did indeed purposefully have these balls you know underinflated to gain some kind of advantage out there, there should be some kind of a punishment for that. Like, and I saw his pre- press conference today. I was I was at the Olive Garden had a lovely lovely lunch, and uh, I was looking at the big screen TV there, and they had the captions on, so I was watching this whole thing. And it was about 10 minutes into it when I realized I wasn't watching ESPN. I was watching fucking CNN breaking news. And it was Tom Brady. It was Tom Brady with like this ridiculous like ski hat on answering to these allegations. And it sounded like he was being cross-examined by the fucking assistant DA of fucking Los Angeles County or something. Like, What's they were Brady's position? Apart. Does he just keep What's saying that? I had no idea? Oh, no. He's... he's, he's it depended what the question was. The questions were biting. They were, you know, they were like, you know, um, how do you, how do you, what do you say to critics who say that, you know, we've seen uh, issues like this from the Patriots before? How, how can they trust you now? You know, referring back to when it was found that they were recording other teams' practice uh, sessions and using that inside information to play against them. Um, you know, just lots of really rough questions. There was one qu- thing where they quoted him from years past where he said that. He said something along the lines of, I like my ball at about 12.5 PSI or something like that, or underinflated, and, so, and he made some joke about telling one of, the, one of his buddies to spike the ball because a little air comes out when you do that. And it looked bad. And, the, and they asked him, they were like, because he explained that there was this pre-game ritual where he inspected the balls and, um, and he picked the ones that he preferred because, he, as he said, some quarterbacks liked them old, some liked them new. Some liked them more rounded. Some liked them more like squished in the middle. Some wanted them sticky and tacky, and some wanted them clean and new. And it just really depended on the quarterback. So he would pick out the you know the game balls that he wanted. It could be anywhere from like 12 to 24, and those would be the balls that were waiting for him. And they were like, "Do you expect?" One of the guys was like, "Do you expect us to believe uh, that you didn't notice that this ball was 15% deflated when?" A major league baseball player can pick up a bat and know if it's an ounce or two ounces uh, too heavy or too light. Uh, an NBA player can tell you if the rim is six inches too high or too low, but you can't tell us. But you know, playing all game with this football, that there's something wrong with it. How do we believe that? And it's, he's just like, well, I don't like to get into other people's belief systems. You know, <laughs> I don't want to tell anybody what they should believe or what. You know, I'm not getting into all that. But I'm just it's like, pretty well handled. What the Fuck are you? Is Bill Clinton playing QB for the Patriots? Like what is this shit? <laughs> he was, so he just started stringing them along in just a, a sentence of nonsense of like, well, I'm not trying to trample on anyone, and frankly, I'm not a, a person myself to tell people what they should believe. As a matter of fact, and then just like go off on his own thing, basically. He said something. He made a, he made a comment about ISIS. He was like, he was like, hey, come on now. It's not like we're ISIS or something, you know. People aren't dying here, like. like it's not it was, like we're ISIS or something. Yeah, he really fell apart toward Bold the move. end. Apparently, there's a transcript somewhere, but he struggled at times, and then at times he looked like he knew what he was doing, or like maybe he'd been briefed well. But I'll say this: at the beginning of the press conference, I totally believed him, and by the time I was paying for my meal, I was like, he totally did something with those fucking balls, or he knows he did. This is what like, he should have done. Can you cue up this video with me? Yeah. He should have gone meow on it. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Ready, set, play. Thanks, Mike. Down here with Ray Canisto. Yeah. Ray, a couple <laughs> weeks ago, you and I talked about this team needing to start a little bit quicker. Looks like you guys did that here today. 
Yeah, right now we came out, hit a few guys uh, quickly there. Uh, you know, we got to get, get in the corners now and maybe, uh, you know, pass the puck a couple more times uh, down the neutral zone there, Mel. You're up one nothing early. This team's leading in the North Division. You guys need to make up ground on them. You got to do the rest of the way. All right, Mal, our focus is on, on uh, banking as many points, Mal, but uh, right now we're, we're doing a pretty good job, you know, uh, coming out and getting the first goal. Thanks a lot, Ray. Good, good luck the rest of the way. Thanks, Mal. Mike. <laughs> That's great. That's great. For anyone who doesn't know, that is a Super Troopers reference in which uh, the, the, the state troopers play a game where they pull people over and try to sneak in as many meows as possible without raising any suspicions. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's great. You have to feel like such a dunce if you're the reporter standing there like, come on, I'm interviewing you, you're on a minor league asked, hockey I was team, like, I know what's happening. The reporter should have just up and like, oh, yeah, I see you. So you're down in the first, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> Put it on him. If he started meowing back, that would have been great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like funny little doesn't hurt anybody pranks like that. Nobody had to run up and punch him in the face and steal his wallet and then say pranked like Dude, two I, seconds after. Does anyone think the NFL prank. is loving this? Like I, I, the NFL had had issues with where like one of their players kills three people over the course yeah. of a couple of years, right? They have this issue where like another one of the players is beating their child until he's bloody and injured. Another one of their players is beating their wife in an elevator. Apparently they had seen the films and covered up the films, and then they had to cover up the fact that they covered it up. And there's this big issue. They, they held an investigation with the same company that, that helped them negotiate like TV deals. L like they're, they're not in the loop on this thing. And now that there's an underinflated ball controversy, they're happy to talk about it. Not a problem. You know, like it, it's, it's their dream controversy. At least it's about winning. Maybe so. It's been pretty rough as of late. Their PR guys have got to been uh, having a hard time. Yeah, yeah. At least Tom Brady didn't kill anyone, or rape anyone, no, or beat his wife, or... I, I, it's even I worse. Down, kill yeah, the dreams of all those Colts players. I, yeah, this may, this may actually be a bigger sin in sports, though. That if, if he's actually cheating, that, that, really, that really rubs a lot of people the wrong way. They start talking about asterisks and all kind of shit. They want to they get the PSI on some of your balls out of the trophy room. Yeah. And test they want to tarnish your shit. legacy for it. Yeah. Like McGuire. I, to me, this feels like, I, I don't want to say acceptable cheating, but like, there's always a little cheating, right? Like, if you're in MMA, sometimes your finger gets inside <laughs> that other guy's glove and holds it for a split second. Sometimes or his butthole, who kit. knows? What'd you say? Or his, or his butthole. butthole, who knows? <laughs> yeah, right, or check his oil. <laughs> sometimes when you're trying to get taken down, you grab the fence for just a split second to give you, like, a, a little bit of an edge. Like, if he was barely going to take you down, it would be enough to hold it up. Um, you know, th there are things that happen. If you're in baseball, those guys cheat constantly, right? Like, they've always, they'd, like, you know, what do you use to keep your hair like, looking like that? Oh, a combination of, like, ridiculous amounts of suntan lotion, crazy glue, and Vaseline in my hair. It's just a product, whatever. You know, the pine tar and shit it's not supposed to be. Reaching back and getting something out of their hair and getting it on that ball. Um, yeah, yeah, that's like a thing that people do all the time in baseball, and and it's like acceptable cheating, right? There's, there's a certain thing that happens in there. Um, I wish I could come. Oh, in hockey, right? Like, 
you can clutch and grab, but like a limited amount of clutching and grabbing, you know, like a little tug and then you let go and that's all you can get away with. It's illegal, but it's part of the game uh goalies and their equipment you know like it now it's more tightly regulated but these guys used to come in there like the stay push marshmallow gar snow you have shoulder <laughs> pads right but then he would have like risers that made his shoulder pads up with like his temples they were like little walls that he put on top of his sh let me see if i can find a picture um i don't know man this is the game ball this is this is changing the game ball by 15 percent like it, it's spongier, it's easier to catch. Like a lot of the but catch is the other team using this ball. No, these are only Tom Brady's balls. Oh, so Tom Brady gets the special balls. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. That is a big deal. But is it? I'd have to hold. I don't know enough about football to know how much of a difference. I don't either. But the thing is, like, like you know, it'd be like if you found out McGuire had a corked bat. You're like, well, how long has he been using that corked bat? Like, is, is, he, is he, has he, has that always been what he's done? Like, did he play his entire career with cork back, getting 20 extra feet on everything he ever hit? Like, now what do you think of him? Yeah, that's true. It's hard to say. I, I don't know. But I, I will say, I don't think the interview went well for Tom Brady today. Uh, the press conference, I guess, or sh I guess I should say, because he shouldn't have been out there by himself either. He needed, like, a fucking lawyer or, like... Uh, a representative. He needed fucking uh, who's the coach of the Patriots? That guy who never talks. And uh, is it Bill Belichick? Yeah. He needed somebody like that out there with him. He was all by his lonesome out there, and there was a full room of the press, and they were relentless. They were all over his ass. I, Do you have a preference on who who won that game, or you just thought it was shenanigans? Oh no, I, I don't. No, I don't care. I, I actually like to see people like you know win multiple championships. So I hope Brady wins the Super Bowl, but. That, that, interview, that press conference didn't go well for him. Here's a goalie <laughs> whose pad slips out of his jersey. And it's some sort of, like, pointed up thing. You can tell it's clearly designed to do nothing but take extra vertical volume. Like, deflect pucks. Yeah. And Henrik Lundqvist? Yeah. The fuck is that, Henrik? <clears throat> There's fun. a bunch of examples of goalies having illegal pads, players having illegally curved sticks... I feel like a de illegally deflated ball is is right in there with minor little offenses where players try to get tiny little edges. See, I I want to agree with you on that. It's just I, I, I just don't know how ball. big of a difference it is. But if Tom Brady was in the past saying like, "Oh yeah, I preferred like exactly this amount of air," and then it just so happens that eleven of twelve are at that exact amount of air, then that seems like more than a little infraction because that guy's kind of. It's not like one guy having a curved stick in the NHL where that guy could very well get fucked up and just not create a play. This is giving a distinct advantage to the playmaker at the beginning of every play, you know? So it is more advantageous. And they, they, asked him, but like, they were like, would this, you know, if this were true, if someone did this on purpose, would it be, what would you think? And he was like, oh, yeah, it'd be very serious. It, it would, you know, it's, it, it would affect the integrity of the game. And, 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 and I was well, like, what else is he going to say? Like, I, think he I should don't be know. He shouldn't be answering that question. He shouldn't be out there. <laughs> Super Bowl 37, Brad Johnson paid $7,500 to have 100 game balls doctored. Who the hell did Brad Johnson play for? Super Bowl 37? Well, but doctored in what way? That, that doesn't suggest that he did anything illegal to the balls. That They do doctor them. You know, They squish them and rub them with stuff and... 
That's all okay. But he paid to have them doctored, so you would think it's well. There's a guy who's nefarious. paid to do that to paint. There's a guy that's paid to do all these guys' balls. I, I, the just... implication in there to me was that the seventy-five hundred dollars to doctor the balls was not above board. Oh, that's pretty expensive. Yeah, Kyle. <laughs> it's about the implication. I, I just feel like the NFL is loving this. They they have a heel, you know, a team that everyone wants to root against is drumming up interest. We're here talking about the NFL, and we wouldn't be if it was just simply a drubbing. I, I feel like they love that this is happening right here. Maybe. And, yeah, yeah. It could be. And, and in terms of, like, infractions, there it's much ado about nothing. It, it is a tiny little thing to have 15% less mm. air in a ball. I could give a shit. Uh yeah, what if it, the putt were fifteen percent smaller? Um, Someone would notice, but only when your team was on offense. That'd be—I don't even know—that'd be hard. <laughs> <laughs> what if in 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 uh, in uh, sporting clays there's more than one size of sporting clay to shoot? There's minis and middies, and some of them are literally like this big, like the size of a silver dollar. Mm-hmm. And when those motherfuckers come come out of there. They're so hard to, to, to lock your eyes on and hit. And I'm just saying, if, if he's got a, a 15% difference in, in the ball when, when he's operating on it, that could be a lot when you're talking about the guy. You, this guy's the best at the world at throwing footballs, and you're going to give him some super special footballs just the way he likes them? I don't I, know. It just I, feels to me like... It, he certainly was on his A game that day. I don't think anyone can argue with that. Like, yeah, I want it to be a big deal because I, there, I want the Patriots to not win again. If the Patriots had won ten to seven and a field goal at the end had done it, no, nope, I wouldn't give a shit. But the Patriots stomped them in the championship game, so it's just like, eh, what happened? Huh. They should have switched to the regular balls thirty points in. You know, make it a little less obvious. I think obvious. somebody's <laughs> keeping an eye on these fucking balls. There were so many questions about those balls. Who was looking at them? And, and Brady was like, I don't know. That's not my responsibility. He's like, I guess a equipment manager or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, what's fun is <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> Two weeks ago, they were doing something. Now, this is legal, but it's, it's not uh, common practice. They were, what were they doing? They were putting receivers on the field like extra ones they were replacing they're swapping out linemen with receivers and then declaring the receiver to be an ineligible receiver so he was doing the role of a lineman but when it came to covering them they weren't sure which receivers were eligible to catch a pass and which ones weren't and it was tricking them up and they were doing it right on the fly like all right bobby out joey in ready go and the defense didn't have like a chance to like get their assignments and and deal with it properly and uh the the coach of the other team, I forget who it was, was furious, right? Because they'd never seen this before, whatever. And he's like, well, you know, we can do that. Next week, we're going to have something else. And then next week was the deflated balls. So, uh, you know, fun. But I like it. Fuck it. I don't know. May, I feel like I'm a cheater here, but it's like, ah. <laughs> this is like within, to me, the realm of like normal sports. Little HGA. Some uh, little, some softer balls. Maybe, maybe you, uh, you know, inject the uh, some of the defensive players the day before. You know, paralyze a few nerves. Maybe you, maybe you happen to like, uh, you know, do you know, something to the guy's dog. Maybe he's up all night taking care of his dog the, the night before the big game. In MMA, maybe you pull the Walter White, poison his kid, do whatever dude, you got to do. Right? True. Get this MMA. So there's this guy, BJ Penn, and at the time, BJ Penn was a monster. He had 
excuse me, he had defeated Matt Hughes, who was like champion of the world. And then he just like left the UFC and he came back and he was a major threat to take down George St. Pierre. And BJ Penn was like that. He had the best ground game in the world, right? He was this black belt and, and he was, he was really, really good. So what George St. Pierre did is he bathed himself in like <laughs> oil, right? Like he just, he, he, he stayed in it. I, I, they, they call it Vaseline, but I think he was covered with oil and, um, and, and he might've used some Vaseline too, but it was the oil well, that was the big deal. So you couldn't wipe it off him. It was coming out of his sweat. It had exactly, soaked into yeah. his pores and, yeah. and they're like talent. BJ Penn is like, what the fuck? Like I'm the greatest submission artist in the world. And this guy's slippery as fuck. And, <laughs> and they, they couldn't do anything about it. They're like, the refs are like toweling him down and he's just sweating more oil out of his pores and he won. What did they do eventually? He won. Yeah, he won. They gave him belts. That's what they did. He stayed. He held on to his championship. And uh, even though you couldn't, you couldn't hold on to him. I remember that. Yeah, it, they they kept talking about how the gate, oil or the Vaseline or whatever it was, like you said, soaks into your pores, and it doesn't matter if you wipe it off because as soon as he sweats, it's just pushing more out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he I, was he was shiny. I've he was done that with suntan lotion before, where like I sweat so much, like you can see it come out again, and and. Yeah, he was just so slippery that that BJ Penn couldn't use his his strongest attribute against him, and or his biggest I strength. That was- See, that's kind of cheating too, but yeah. it, it's more of a sneakery cheating than a direct influence I, on me, the match by messing with equipment or something. That was a much bigger deal than a deflated ball to me. Although it's hard to you know to to really compare. But if your gloves were fifty percent lighter, you wouldn't like it. What's that? If the other guy had 15% lighter gloves, you wouldn't like it. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. But I. Be no good. Yeah. Wouldn't that be good though? Because you want more mass. Faster. So you want heavier gloves, right? No, you Just want a little be... heavier. The the gloves they're wearing. In, I don't know. In, when in, I uh... when I said I wouldn't like it, I was like, you know, there'd be less padding, right? Like for example, if it if pretending we were equal skill, if I had four ounce gloves and you had fourteen ounce gloves, I'm gonna crush you. Right. Was, well, yeah, that's a huge yeah. difference. So when he said the gloves were lighter, I was like, does does that mean that they're less padded, that they hit even harder? But I was talking to like Joe, sixteen ounce gloves, and I've got you know, fifteen percent lighter gloves. Yeah, whatever that is, right? Probably fourteen ish. Um, uh, when I was talking to Joe, though, he was like, you don't need any lighter gloves. That like at that point, it's just to protect your knuckles. That's it. Mm-hmm. And what do they do? They like this is, I, I think, and I hope I can say it, but they they take the gloves and they like smush them around so that the padding goes right where they want it. Like I, I mm-hmm. think he puts the padding right on his knuckles so he's less likely to get hurt. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Mike but, Tyson always <clears> talked <throat> about like pushing his knuckles like into the material until like he could feel the knuckle through the glove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those boxing gloves. He goes the other way. Um, oh, did we talk about John Jones being the coke addict and stuff? Yeah, we did. We uh, haven't talked about doing the uh, the Cumia show though. Oh, go on. We did the Cumia show. We went on in uh, new topic. I think we did it about. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went on the Cumia show the other day. Uh, the crew here and and Doctor Chiz himself. We went on there for like I don't know half an hour, forty minutes, something like that. I thought that was pretty fun. It was really cool. Yeah, he was really excited uh, about your guns. <laughs> yeah, he, he lives in really the like People's Republic of New York. You can't get anything. <laughs> Should get him down here sometime. Let him shoot some real guns. 
He uh, he seems like a nice guy. I, I enjoy doing the show. I enjoy going on there. That was fun. Yeah, that was neat. Yeah. Is there a way? I think people can check it out, the audio version for free, right? But not the video? I believe you are correct. I think he uploads... I think it's I think on the iTunes. Whole thing is, yeah, I, hope, I think the whole thing is like art, is on iTunes, and then he uploads a different show at the end of the week. Like, I think on Fridays he uploads like the best hour of the week, so I doubt we'll be half of his best hour, but maybe we're in part of that in some way. But yeah, I think the whole thing is on iTunes. Hmm. Yeah, so check yeah, that, that out. Fun. That was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. And it, it's we don't deal with that many... I guess everyone's a professional that we deal with in one way or another, but he's somehow more professional than, than your average YouTuber. And it's neat that like he keeps the conversation going and he flows and he never seems to be like struggling for a topic. It's uh it's cool to watch him. I don't yeah. know. He just knows how to do it and when to flow and when to end and yeah, you know, I guess if you do radio that long, it makes sense. Wings, I was talking to Wings the other day, and he was telling me that uh, there was that Fallout Four was going to be announced soon. Has anyone heard anything about that? No, no. Uh, How's Wings doing? You've been he, typing with him, right, or texting? Tell him us him, what you've heard. Um, without like giving out any of his personal information, I I felt like, I think he's doing better. Um, he didn't seem too down about the whole Bastard Brook thing. He seemed pretty accepting of of that. For those who don't know, Bastard Brook passed away. Um, I, he wasn't in South Carolina when he died. He had come back down to Georgia, where uh, I think his family is from, and he passed away down here. It he, seemed, so, so Wings wasn't bummed out about that. It seems sudden to me. Like, like he uh, was in the hospital. Wings was worried that he was going to die. It was like, like this could be the end. And then he pulled out, and he was just like around the house. And in the videos, anyway, he just seemed like the bastard book that we knew for the last couple of years. Not exactly a... A picture of health, right? This is a guy with um, <laughs> alcohol issues, I guess. But, um, but you know, still getting around and stuff. It wasn't like he had a walker or any obvious signs of, of like physical issues. Feet were pretty freaking freaking swollen. That wasn't looking good. But oh that, yeah, that yeah. didn't seem to bother him too much. Um, and he seemed he seemed pretty good at, on a, on on the whole. To be honest, we talked about a couple of video ideas for some stuff he's going to be doing soon. I had a couple suggestions, and he said he was going to do one of them. So I look forward to seeing his uh, his video. You might can you tease it? it? Uh, the idea was him playing uh, a game that we we all, we like uh, and that he would like, and that when but but playing it um, basically it would be playing Fallout but handicapping yourself severely, like giving yourself a zero intelligence, and uh, and every time he dies, he has to do something physical, like some up downs or something. Hmm. Uh, be fun and then he edits together like the best hour of his play session after a couple days and he's got himself a bunch of nice videos i thought it'd be nice to see him completely exhausted and i told him he should destroy that fucking desk he should do that too <laughs> if wings was a robot and i had the controller i don't know exactly what i'd do with him right like <laughs> i'd go smush some stuff i'd first. send him back to kyle's house that'd be funny <laughs> show up at Kyle's front door. I think door. that has more to do with you watching me than watching Wings, though. I think I think <laughs> you just want to see what'll happen to Kyle. That's a yeah. Thing. That's yeah. <laughs> so so everybody wants the best for Wings, right? And and I feel like sending him to Kyle's house. I've had requests for me to like take care of him. It, they're just appealing to a higher power of somehow. I've also seen. I guess there's some WWE guy. Is it Dustin Powers or um, another one? The Rock is doing stuff, and then everyone's like, "Let's get this guy to help Wings. Let's get that guy to help Wings. Woody'll help Wings. Kyle'll help Wings, etc." And and they're just 
trying to figure out a way to help wings and it appealing to a higher power, you know, but real life people, not, not God. And, uh, yeah, I don't know where to go from that, but like wings is doing pretty well. He's, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from, from, from my last conversation with him, he was doing really well. Yeah. That's cool. Still working out with drew everything. Oh, I don't know about his health and all that, but like you know, as far as his general well-being and and everything like that, he was he didn't seem to be as stressed out, and he seemed to do, be doing pretty well. But yeah, I mean, I don't he's know been he kind of oscillating back and forth on doing really well and like going berserk on Reddit. Mm. What's his Reddit name? I want to look. War God ICP or something. There may be some underscores though. Yeah. War God, insane clown posse. Intense Camping Productions. Oh. Oh, that's what I see. God, I forgot about that. Whenever anybody <laughs> tries to, like, argue with me about Wings, I'm like, you realize I am the, like, I am the Wings of Redemption expert, right? Like, no one has seen more of his videos. No one knows him better than me. I am the Wings You're of the Redemption expert. liaison from reality <laughs> to Wings of Redemption. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, you're 100% correct with that. Yeah, yeah. It's War God YT, <laughs> like War God YouTube. Ah, good call. And, uh, <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> I, I just, I, I'm just looking at his recent post. Someone's like, guest suggestion, Angry Joe, and here comes Wings. Angry Joe is terrible, and he's only high, he's only <laughs> popular because of production value. He's a bad gamer with bad gamer opinions. <laughs> Why are you hating on Angry Joe? I, I, I don't understand. But, Another video idea for him: take all these comments that are just meant to be good-spirited contributions, and then in a video of you just reading them, respond out loud what you were going to respond on Reddit. So just say mean things to these attempting to help people. I'd watch. That'd bring <laughs> me back to his channel. I'd watch that series. <sighs> no, no, like no. So everyone who says like, "Hey, wings, I have an idea. Why don't you go gluten-free?" and he can just like tear him a new ass for suggesting yeah. it. I've he gets lots that. of suggestions. Exactly. Everybody seems to have an idea for how to fix his situation, but I don't think anything's going to change until he wants it to. Re- he really wants it to change. That's the interesting thing, right? So, a lot, like from the outside, a lot of people assume that the issue is related to some lack of knowledge, right? Like, you know, oh, look at Wings or look at Boogie. Clearly, they don't know much about nutrition. Let me just help this guy. What you need to do is is get on a diet like this or get on an exercise program like that. The truth is, Boogie and and like um, to a, a huge extent, Boogie, who's been doing this for a while, and Wings now too, who's been hanging out with Drew, they understand what good food is and what bad food is. Like that's no longer the issue, and you know they even are willing to put in some effort into the exercise. You know, I know Boogie's worked up a sweat many times doing his yoga, and I know Wings has worked up a sweat many many times doing his exercises with Drew. It it's just battling those cheat moments. And, you know, until they get a handle on on that, then... You know, I really... I still have a hard time wrapping my head around it because, like, I love food so much. I've Uh been... I've I've, I've told you about my French fry extravaganzas, right? But what else are you eating? Mostly just the French fries. That's it. A lot of French fries. A lot. Kyle will be like... I, I ate five pounds of French fries in the last four days. You're That's disgusting, fat. Kyle. <laughs> You're gonna get fat. <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> I, I'm filled in math. <laughs> get out of here. Is that all that you've eaten? 
<laughs> no, I've been eating regular meals too. The French fries are like a, an experiment. So let me tell you about my French fry uh, uh, setup I got going on. I went and got myself a nice big deep fryer. Um, I went and got some peanut oil because Kitty's out of town. And um, she's definitely allergic to peanuts for those who don't know. So I went and got some, uh, some really good premium russet potatoes. I, uh, I, I washed them. And I sliced them into like French fries that are about like McDonald's French fries because that's kind of what I'm going for, that texture. Um, the first thing I do is I boil them in about three quarts of water with four tablespoons of vinegar and a bunch of salt. I boil them for ten minutes. And that sh Oh, excuse me. I, let me take a step back. First, I soak them in ice water for an hour. Then I boil them for ten minutes. Then I deep fry them at 375 degrees for 50 seconds. Then I take them out and, uh, or excuse me, 360 degrees for uh, 50 seconds. Then I take them out, change it to 375 degrees, and go three and a half minutes more. And then I've got my special seasoning salt that I put on them. And I make the best French fries in the world now. It took me like 15 batches, but I figured <laughs> out. Uh, Did you I eat really the first had... 14 batches? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've been getting better as I went. Like, now, um, even the ice water <laughs> solution I soak them in has, like, I dissolve sugar water into it. There's something uh, about the pectin So it's evolved. The, oh, yeah. Like, I'm, I, I get all the starches out, and I end up with, like, this delicious, fluffy center and this crisp, crunchy outside that, that comes along the, the things like the vinegar and the sugar. Dude, I want to come down and, there and make the video. We'll shoot the potato through the, with the potato gun through the grate into your secret batch, and then we'll cook them up, and we'll make the world's greatest potato gun fired potato chips. Or I like fries. the image of Kyle after his first batch, very excited. The fries are in the bowl, going downstairs, and then you sit there and take a bite, and you're like, "Oh, well, fuck, this just isn't that good." And then you have to go make another batch, full batch. This is at P.S. Rush's house. Full batch of fries for yourself to eat alone. I've it really has evolved. I'm going another step further because I've got one of those turkey fryers and propane burner, so I feel like I can keep the temperature more consistent. Because when you drop the fries in, the temperature lowers briefly. Um, and uh, I feel like if I get out there with like two or three liters of, of, of oil on the propane cooker, I can keep it at a really consistent uh, temperature. And uh, I think that's my next step. But right now, I think ev everyone who's tried my fries agrees. That I make the I've even got this special uh, seasoning salt I'm putting on there, like twelve different things in there. There's sugar in it. It's delicious. I'm making some really good fucking French fries over here. I call it the French fry extravaganza. I'm having one tonight. It's gonna be great. Have you uh, experimented um, with any kind of sauces that you've made, like unique sauces? There was a horseradish mustard sauce that I tried for a while. There was uh, some fancy sauce, which was just ketchup and mayonnaise and some sriracha. Um, there was some spicy uh, ketchup that has like it tastes a lot like uh, Tabasco sauce, but mostly it's just ketchup. Uh, I like ketchup a lot. I like Worcestershire sauce, like just kind of dipping them in that a bit. Maybe some vinegar. Uh, yeah, there's lots of dipping sauces in the in the. French fry so you've had nothing but salt or starch for four days. Really retaining water, I've noticed that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's putting on mass. <laughs> I've uh, I've been, I've been, I've been sweating it out. So so far so good. <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's it's been a, a real adventure. I I'm all out of potatoes right now, which kind of sucks. So I have to go out and get some potatoes. But eventually. So you're really I'll gonna do that tonight after the show? Probably so. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've really be like... been perfecting this recipe. 
it, it'll be I love like looking at. I love living through Kyle, seeing everything on the outside, looking in. Where it's going to be <laughs> one in the goddamn morning, close to when we're done here, and then he's going to go to the store and buy potatoes to make more homemade French fries. <laughs> like that's just I'm feverishly working over his countertop at two thirty in the morning. Slicing them. I've got these really nice dish. Japanese. I've got this like really nice Japanese steel knife, and I'm just carefully just like. Shoo. <laughs> like slicing these things super fucking thin, like super I'm, thin on your fries, huh? I go back and forth. Um, I I, the, I usually like them like steak fries, like thick and kind of wider than they are thick. But um, lately I've been making them thinner and thinner, and I've found that with my new, I use I usually don't like that because they get really soggy. But now that I've perfected my method, they're they're <laughs> they're just like McDonald's French fries. They are crunchy on the outside. And they're like stiff, like they snap when you when you bend them. They're they're perfect. Have you tried making chips yet? Just like potato chips? Um, yeah, I'm 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 gonna move to that. I think. Yeah, soon. work up to that. Yeah, it's yeah, fun. That, Build that to seems, that. Kyle's yeah. developing like culinary skills here, right? Because I tell you, I talked to Kyle four months ago, and he's like, "Yeah, I think I'll go to deep fryer Snickers bar. See what the fuck that does. I'm gonna deep fry <laughs> like a a snowball, not a not the kind you make in the snow, but like the tasty cake thing, yeah, the gross yeah. gas station food kind. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he, he's just deep frying random stuff. What happens when you deep fry a Kit Kat? And... I got into bread puddings for a while as well. Like there was a time when I was making a bread pudding every the old day. bread pudding from Kit. I can make the Best fucking bread pudding you have ever had. There's all, there's so much cinnamon a and apples bar. in that shit. I'm making that bread. I'm I'm getting that bread stale the night before. It's all kinds of Italian bread and the fucking. I'm whisking the eggs and the fucking. Oh, it's great. I, I can make a great bread pudding. Huh. So yeah, there's a I, every now and then I get obsessed with like uh, a dish, and I'll keep making it until I, I perfect it, and that'll be like. Oh, a, a I remember like three years ago you were in one of these phases. And you texted me so many pictures of sandwiches you had made. <laughs> yeah. So many different, like, because they weren't regular sandwiches. But it'd be, I'd just be doing something. I get a text from Kyle, and it'd be like a nine-inch tall sandwich, just two pieces of bread. He wasn't fucking around with the overcompensation of the bread in the middle. Dagwood and then sandwich. just meat and just like cereal on it with a just nothing made sense with it. But yeah, yeah, you're proud so, of yourself, and I was proud of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that specific sandwich. And do you remember the drink that went along with it? I don't remember the drink. It was the old school Pepsi with sugar. Um, and, and the, the, oh, the there throwback. was cereal in there. Yeah, there was cereal in there that was um, along with some chips and stuff. But yeah, that sandwich had like wasabi mayo in it and all kinds of mustard and like four different meats. There was like that. That was a hell of a sandwich. Yeah, that even that bread was special. That I think I baked that bread. Like yeah, I got into sandwiches for a while. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, that was a gigantic sandwich, like mm. something you'd buy at a deli. But yeah, I'm liking chili, food talk. I think chili's <laughs> gonna be my next one. You ever see the 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 cold open to the office where Kevin comes in? He's talking about his chili. He's like, I'm up the night before roasting anovi chilies, and he's just talking <laughs> about this special chili that he's making. And he comes in the door with a whole pot of it, and he drops it and spills it everywhere. <laughs> And he's panicked so much because it's the best thing he does. He's scooping it up in files back into the thing trying to save it. Like I think Chili's going to be my next endeavor. Maybe. I want steak. I want steak. I, in particular, like, I want to get skilled at like outdoor steak cooking. I, okay, I don't know. So you need, you need one of those. Go on. I'll be quiet. Okay, so, so the reason I haven't went to steak is because it's expensive to get good at steak. I think... 
because the way I like my steak is so that it's seared on the outside, and I think, I could be wrong about this, one of the few ways to do that is with that crazy expensive, um, like, fire brick oven that they have at, like, Morton's and places, where it's, like, 800 degrees when they put that steak in there. Or I think they make those ceramic egg uh, barbecues that get super hot. But I feel like that's a big part of making a perfect steak, is having that searing heat on the outside so that you can have it your steak can be medium rare, but it can still be kind of charred on the outside and delicious. I saw a YouTube video, and the guy cooked his on, um, I guess, hot embers. You know, he, mm. he had a... And, and, you know, when I... So here it is. I'm dreaming of Ooh. doing the outside. Now, I'll Shakespeare. mind you, we're doing a shop, and we're doing the house, where the house is being renovated right now. So I'm trying to chill on all the house spending. But... Um, I dream of having a pool with one of those like masonry built in the wall grill things and maybe a fireplace and stuff like that. And uh, when I think about the grill, I'm like, what do I want? Like a propane grill is so easy. You know, you just turn it on, you cook on it and you make your thing. But I think when you do it right, you have some sort of like either coal grill or like a wood burning grill. Maybe I need to. Um, yeah, but I would love to be a guy like, I want to be one of those guys that like throws a steak on, seasons it up, and has it come out like amazing. Yeah, I saw steak, the video. a lot of it is just the cut of meat you're making. Like you don't need a big expensive fancy thing if you're cooking fillet, but if you're gonna like make I don't know like flat iron or some shitty cut of steak into a stir fry, you kind of need something nicer, I suppose. But maybe I, right. I, when I make steak, it's just salt, pepper, maybe a little bit of spices, and then just a couple seconds on each end on just a. My wife, on the stove. my wife has become perfect at making steak. Like I used to give her a hard time about it because <laughs> it kind of sucked. And it's like, <laughs> I'd be like, I want to medium rare. And there's like no hint of pink left. And she's like, yo, you didn't eat it fast enough. Like, what it's an it? ordeal to chew it when you're, <laughs> yeah. oh, this is good, honey. <laughs> and by yeah. the way, oh, it was... it's in my teeth. It's going to be there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really expensive cut, too, of like filet. And it's like, man, why is this such a waste? She just cooked the shit out of it. Just ruined it. But now she nails it. And she'd always argue, like, well, the $3 thermometer said that this was perfect. <laughs> I'm like, honey, look at Throw away the thermometer. Come up with a new plan. Cut it. I don't know what to tell you, but, it, like, it, week after week, it's coming out shitty. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it really was. But now she crushes it. So there's not really a lot of, like, purpose in me learning how to cook it. The other, if I really wanted to come out well, I could just get her to do it. But, uh, nah, I would, I would like to do that. Yeah, yeah I, cooking's I, fun I can, though. I, I can do it a little bit. Like I know how to, the basics of grilling, but I'm I don't know anything special. Fast forward four years, and Kyle's gonna have a huge like culinary repertoire. It's all gonna be like shitty foods though. But what I was getting to <laughs> with like yeah, with just try anything. I buy what him I was chef getting at with that is I still don't understand how wings like continues to gain weight at his at his current weight. It's like you gotta eat so shitty. Like I mean. At that point, it has to be shitty food because you physically couldn't fit enough, like, fucking carrots in your mouth for how many <laughs> calories it would take. Like, Dude, you'd need what? a horse trough full of carrots. I am I think I'm about to go on another little fitness kick here because, you know, it's, it's, it's summer's coming up. It's time to get back into shape. But, like, right now, I'm eating a lot of cereal and french fries, and it's delicious. <laughs> Kyle's I always still... had good luck with this. Like, you know, th there will be... Like a, a period where Kyle might gain some weight, and then he's like, you know what? Time to be fit. And then he succeeded at that. I've watched I'm it for pretty, a couple of years now. I'm pretty good at that. It's hard to keep it going till you get to that point where you're actually in shape 
and uh, you know to keep it going for like six or eight months or something like that. But as far as like a six week boot camp, we're like we need to drop 15 pounds and get a little bit trimmer and t and more tone and fit back into those medium sized shirts. I could totally do that. That's that's easy stuff. I that's I, that's maybe, easy because there's an end in sight. Because you've done a good job maintaining yourself your whole life, so you don't have to look out at it like a three year odyssey of starving yourself to get back to you know average. I don't typically pull this card, but I will say it's a little tougher over 40. Like, that's, that is a thing. It doesn't, doesn't come I read a Reddit article that said it wasn't, but okay. Really? Yeah, they said the Who whole... Who read it? That's usually reliable. <laughs> I, I read that the whole fast metabolism thing was almost never an actual thing. It was quite rare, and that it didn't slow down that much when you went from 25 to, to 35, it, that it was kind of negligible. That you're talking about like two or three hundred calories or something. So it's just completely. No, I have actually read that too. Lifestyle changes. That's it. That's yeah. Interesting. Sedentary lifestyle, like you know, you know. I mean, when you're a young man, uh, as 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 I consider myself, you know, if you're 25 or 30, you know, if you've got a decent sex drive, it's like I want to get some pussy. I gotta get in shape. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, you know it's, what I will say is true, and this I wouldn't back down from. You heal a little slower. Like, ah, you know, you, there like, you go. You, that's the thing. I believe that you twist an ankle and suddenly like what at 17 would have been a three day ordeal at 40 is a, you know, two week ordeal. Yeah, I definitely would believe that. Probably so. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you need that human growth hormone. Joe Rogan yourself up. <laughs> it's funny. I can't decide. <clears throat> I can't decide if Joe looks great or not great. Like he's I think he's is he around 50 Joe Rogan? You I know, think so. I'll say this. Remember his, remember his co-star in News Radio? That, that, who was the main guy in, in News Radio? It was, like, was it something Foley or something like uh, that? Phil Hartman is what comes into my head. There's Phil, well, Hartman, Phil Hartman, Joe Hartman Rogan. Like, the crazy but, guy, Andy Dick? Mm -mm, it was the young guy who was kind of the main character. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a stand-up comic, and I recently saw his, his hour-long uh, comedy uh, act very funny, and uh, he looks quite old. He looks like a he looks like an older gentleman, and meanwhile, I don't know. Rogan looks like a fucking road warrior or something. So, like, I watched a, a Rogan deal with a heckler, and she called him fat, right? And then he picks up his shirt, and he's got abs. But I can see why she called him fat because he had that human growth hormone gut. Like, he has abs. But, like, all his intestines have swelled or, or whatever it is. I, I may be getting scientific when I don't know what I'm talking about. But it's a real common thing, that HGH gut. Let me see. Maybe it's I can... like his abs are, like, jutting. Layered out. on top of a gut. Or that or his abs are, like, this thick, you know? Like, the thickest cut of meat ever. Like I didn't think that meant that you were using HGH. I, I don't I thought know. thought that was just how some people bulked up. I always hear them talk about how their skulls will literally get larger, and they point to like Stallone's head looking bigger and 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 people like that that their that their heads are just looking a little bit too big for their bodies these days. That's where I was gonna go next, actually. Like if you look at Joe Rogan over time, let me see. He's bald too, though. That probably makes it look more round and looks like he's got a pretty broad face. No, he's starting dude. to look like Brainiac. From, like, like, uh, if you look at Joe Rogan, maybe I need to look it up. Here, let me. This is a picture of him, like old school Joe Rogan. This is probably after news radio, but you know, older. 
And if you look at him now, this is from a few years ago. Like, he's definitely gotten, like, bigger and rounder in the head, which is an HGH thing. And I'm not, like, here's a, here's a better picture. This is young Joe Rogan. Now, look, a lot of people change as they age. You know, heck, I have. But um, the change that he's made is real, like indicative of here look at those two pictures next to each other it's like what what do you mean man between the time i was 25 and 45 my head grew a few hat sizes what of it <laughs> does it's he look really like this big. yeah i mean like i hear what it's you're really saying big. and it even kind of makes sense but but this is the thing that happens to people when they take a lot of you know roids and hgh which he has like that's not that's him saying it he talks about it on his podcast and stuff like that on the other hand you know in if you take away those particular things like joe rogan's got abs you know like oh, he like, looks great yeah here, here let me give you this picture this one's a couple years old but um uh, oops i didn't send it yet. this uh did i send that yeah i did yeah <clears throat> it's a few years old but it's still roughly what he looks like now that is diesel dude like he's got yeah, he's a little in really more, good shape. he has more of a gut but it's like his abs would look the same they'd just be around some sort of like swollen insides um he looks great but yeah he looks like a, like he'd be in the background in 300 yeah <laughs> <laughs> but he he also he doesn't look natural either you know this it's, it's just a variant of great i guess i don't know <laughs> It's, uh... I'd, I'd be fine looking like that. Make my head even bigger. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> do. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, how how large would I have to make your head, Taylor, before it wouldn't be acceptable to have that body? Like you get that body. That said, at what point? You, but but you get have uh, to have an enormous. Head. It wouldn't be much. I don't have much wiggle room. Any more than like another two inches in circumference, and it it would be distractingly large. So, like, oh. look at that guy with the fucking head. Like, <laughs> everywhere I went. So, <laughs> I need to find a balance between the guy with the head or that guy. Whoa, look how jacked that guy is. Kind of a big head, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and one to supersede yeah. the other correctly. That makes sense. Um, how big I can would... I make your head? You have a very slight elf-like head. You could probably spare a few. <laughs> It's uh, you know, it's deceptively, it's deceptively large. You know, I feel like I've got some, some, some room back here. I feel like it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a size head. I, I could take another size or two, I suppose. Yeah, I could go up a few hat sizes if you were to buff me a touch. I could deal yeah. with that. I feel like you know, you could go. It depends. I would go up one increment of head, you know, and one increment of body. I could totally do that. I, although these are made up numbers in my head now. <laughs> Or do I, I, in my head, I'm like, yeah, one hat size plus 15 pounds of muscle. Sure, do it. Makes sense. No, that's that. going to get out of control fast. <laughs> because then you're like, oh, just extrapolate that. I want another 75 pounds of muscle. Throw another five inches next, on my head. Next thing no, you know, I'm notice. massive and like this. Ah! <laughs> yeah, you're wearing one of those like 5150 hats that has like 11 and three quarters on the top. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if I said every? I'm going to put a pound of fat on you for $1,000? Right, you'd you'd probably have to be like, huh? Yeah. Well, how many could I cope with? And you could lose it again, by the way. But if I was like, bam, Kyle, twenty five pounds my, of fat, okay. deal with it. You'd be like, here's huh. my question: Can I 
is this a one-time offering, or can I come back later for some more fat? Oh, it has to be a one-time offer, otherwise this is way too easy. Um, am I going to have to deal with stretch marks, you think? Like, no. if I take 75... I'm right, going forgive take... you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I will they... take... Um... Oh. No loose skin or stretch marks? Right. I didn't realize you guys were going to go so big on this. Um, I'll take 90 pounds. 90 pounds? I'll drop it in three months. No problem. You give me your, 90? Honestly, I was going to say 75, lower. but now I'm you thinking me like another $15,000 to get from 75 to 90. You pay me 30 then up grand to 100. I'll do that. Okay, you just eat right. You, you go on the Andy diet, fucking peanut butter and rice cakes and water. And, you know, you, 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 you eke out every calorie you can for 90 days. You, you go so far as to, you know, I don't know. You're always working out. You're always doing cardio. You're, you're trying to keep your heart rate elevated all day, every day. Just work out hard. By the time it was over, I would be a... I would be in incredible shape after dropping 90 pounds in 30 days, for one thing. Yeah, I totally take that. Then I'd take my 90 grand and go somewhere and, I don't know, fuck some whores or something. Well, you wouldn't lose three pounds a day, I don't think. That, I that's... could totally lose a pound a day. No, so you'd only no lose not sustainably. Not of fat. Yep. The fat is energy in there, just like anything else. So you're going to have to burn through all that energy. There's like 3,500 calories in a pound of fat. So you're going to have to be literally running constantly, yeah, which isn't going to be possible when you're carrying an eight-year-old worth of fat on you. <laughs> but what you're not considering is a 270-pound version of me has a much ha- higher base metabolic rate. So I don't, I'm going to lose, just by eating the way I, now, I am now, I'm going to start l- dropping weight immediately. Yeah, mm-hmm. so but not that I, fast. When I add in three hours of cardio a day, I think it's gonna it's gonna go pretty well. That'd be That's awesome a, if you could offer that as a service, like find some stay-at-home mom who needs to leave lose thirty-five pounds, and you're like, you know what, for thirty-five grand, I'll make that happen. Just yeah, I'll be oh, exercising yeah, and eating good. right. You know how we do it? We do it exactly like those like child boot camps where they come and they kidnap the kid in the night. Like you sign the papers no, and no. take hours. We fucking <laughs> kick the door. Come here, you little shit. See, but in that scenario, she still has to do it. I'm saying this is a supernatural situation where either you body swap or maybe she just comas in yours while you handle her and and boot camp her with your effort and willpower. Oh God! Hmm. Oh, I wouldn't want to do that. I don't enjoy working. I don't enjoy that shit. Like, well, you get paid. This isn't a charity. You get a dollar a pound. I would rather a thousand dollars a pound. Oh, but sorry, if you do it my like way, that. you could actually do it without the magic. We could just go, you know, find some fat ladies. Shouldn't be too hard, and get them, you know. <laughs> no, it's not hard. We 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 work the dentist system on them. Explain to them that you know I've got this boot camp where we promise results, and we'll get you know your child suing lawyer to draw up some paperwork for us that basically, <laughs> you know, a, a contract <laughs> if you. Uh huh. Us to to my place. And sex will be, you know, it's kind of implied, but it won't be directly noted. You know, basically it's a weight loss thing where we kidnap them and hold them here and, and force them to, to do cardio. Or I do. I think that's a good idea for a reality show. A lot of ways you could take that. Yeah, you kidnap, it's basically kidnapping women. So you said 90 pounds, right? 90? Yeah, I would take 90 pounds. I would take 90 pounds of fat. At, that's for a lot. I'm going to say 100 just because... If you're going to do 90, why not go for the full 100, dude? Another 10,000 for an extra, what, two weeks at the... Or probably an extra three weeks because, to lose because that three, 10. Because I was thinking That's three months. 
at three months was was my thing, and I was thinking like I can if I can wrap my head around three months of work to get rid of this, like that'll be cool. She lose I a pound a day for ninety days. That's really ambitious, but yeah, uh, but a hundred grand. Think about it. And if you don't have stretch grand. marks or loose skin, there's no reason not to. Ah, you guys I, are I, ambitious I, as hell. I I would take at most twenty five. Any more than that, no. I'm afraid I'd keep it. Because then you're going to like get really successful through your 25 because you're going to be like, I'm going to get back to it. I'm going to be in just as good a shape. And then you're going to get down to your normal weight while me and Kyle are still fat fucks rolling <laughs> in it. And, you're gonna and be like, you know, oh, we might be it. fat fucks for a week or two just to enjoy our, our, our choice. Maybe. <laughs> oh, we'd spend some of the money on a nice cruise at first just to be fat fucks all around the world. <laughs> I'd spend that fucking money on a random lipo section immediately. Cut myself down yeah. a little. Oh, that's, that's a thought yeah, too. You be... can gain ninety. You get ninety grand, right? <laughs> and then you just like for fifteen grand, you'd have forty pounds removed. Boom. Yeah, maybe I'll take two hundred pounds. Just oh. cut it off. Yeah. I don't. There's limits on how much you can lose in lipo, I right? I can take it. I think. So. I think you have to be. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere like... between like overweight and morbidly obese. I don't think they can do it to you if you're like super morbidly obese, right? I, I don't well, think they I know can... that there's a pounds at a time kind of thing. Like yeah, where they can't, they can't go in and take a huge amount. Like they're limited to how much they can take at once, and it's not that big of a number. Like, do you know? Like close, like, like maybe ten pounds, five pounds. pounds. Yeah, somewhere in that range. That's, That's probably a lot of fat. That doesn't sound like a lot, but I bet when you get ten pounds of fat in a vial or whatever the hell they're using, it looks. Oh, let me show you. Like that yeah. Fight Club soap. Yeah, exactly like Fight Club. I watched that movie the other day. That's one of my favorites. Do you just happen to have a pound of Excellent. fat in, like, reach distance? I have a keyboard within reach distance. Oh, 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 okay. He's like, let me show you. I'm like, was this a Wings of Redemption boot camp motivational tool? That he has, oh, like, a, like, five <laughs> pounds of, like, ballistics gel in this. Like, this is five pounds. This is this. Is. So that is, um, well, there's very oh. image search, but you can see. Oh, I clicked the Five pounds of fat's a big deal. It's Dude, that is fat. huge. Try it here, it is. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Five pounds of fat equals the weight of a brick. That's funny that they would quantify the weight of five pounds instead of, like, the size of the fat or anything about it. Like, the five-pound lump of fat weighs the same as a five-pound brick. Standard <laughs> bricks. <laughs> five pounds of fat weighs as much as five pounds of feathers. What weighs more? Five pounds of fat or five pounds of feathers? I thought I was so smart in third grade. <laughs> I was posed to that quandary and I saw through her ruse. <laughs> no, you know what one gets me? You know the one with the airplane and the conveyor belt? It's like, how can you freaking I haven't heard idiot? that one. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, this is old timey. Yeah. So the deal is this, right? Like, let's say the plane has to go 100 miles an hour to take off. And then um, they say, well, what if you put the plane on a conveyor belt that was, like, going 100 miles an hour? And then it just went, and it was basically, like, I, th I hope I'm getting this right, that the plane is stationary. Would it take off as it went 100 miles an hour over the conveyor belt? And uh, it was, like, quite obviously no it's about airflow over the the airfoil the wings mm -hmm. and uh you know it doesn't matter if the wheels spin at 200 miles an hour or if they don't spin at all with the conveyor belt you know at your back 
it's about the the air passing over the wings and uh a lot of people will vehemently argue that it's not (laughs) (laughs) they don't know how how fast it goes it's gotta go fast (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah like i guess the conveyor belt is supposed to be going the opposite direction of the plane and they're like now the plane has to go so fast and it's like no it's about airflow over the wings whatever I just want to take this moment, take this little time out to mention our show sponsor tonight, Crunchyroll, crunchyroll.com. If you would like a free month of their wonderful anime service, all you got to do is go to crunchyroll.com forward slash PKA, get a free month of this service. It's pretty cheap anyway. What is it, like $6 a month or 7 I, I think remember. it's six ninety five. So cheap, doesn't even yeah. matter. It's six, so cheap, seven. I've forgotten the price. Yeah, exactly. It just gets sucked out of my account, and I don't even notice it. Just but like, there's an like, annotation on the side. There's a link in the description. You can click on those things. You can check out Crunchyroll. You can unsubscribe at any time. This, you know, it's month to month. It re-ups, much like Patreon does. And I promise that at some point we're going to get together and, uh, and, and watch some more anime, because I really do enjoy it. And I, I, I like my idea of watching a few of those, those uh, featured series like Bleach and Military and uh, and all the others, the the How to Train the Boring Boring Girlfriend, Psychano, How to Train a Boring Boring Girlfriend. I want to see that too. They sound ridiculous and absurd, and I want to know more about them. So, go sign up. It takes about a minute to do. No problem at all. Crunchyroll.com forward slash pka. All right. Did you watch the State of the Union? I watched part of it, and then I read about it a ton. Um, mm. I. You know, sometimes after the State of the Union comes out, they do another version with all the clapping removed, and it's great. You can watch the State of the Union in like 15 minutes, whereas it takes hours with all the clapping and nonsense. So, uh, so yeah. Um, I, he took an interesting tack, and, and it's the whole thing. I, I find politics really interesting, and what the Republicans wanted him to do was like, all right, the Republicans now own the Senate and the House. I'm going to start like working with you and, and you know, the Americans have spoken, etc. And what Obama actually did is he's like, all right, I'll admit you won 2014 and 2012, but let's not forget, I won 2000, wait, 2014 and 2010, but I won 2008 and 2012. I won the, the big ones. The fact that you get these low turnout midterm elections doesn't mean you are the will of the American people. Because the will of the American people also spoke during the high turnout presidential elections, and they went Democrat. So, mm-hmm. um, and as he proposed his policies, they were very much in line with with Democratic values. And I'm, I'm having a some people, and I feel like they think they're so smart, are like none of these parties represent you. They're both the same. They're all the same, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, no, like it just one party like goes straight out of the gate after some keystone pipeline which is a gift to their lobbyists right one of the parties goes straight after the gate and says we need to stop and and preserve uh isp monopolies like comcast and time warner right we need to make sure that they never get any competition from municipalities and then we need to make sure like they put a they either wrote a bill or whatever it's in um what do they call the little groups that subcommittee subcommittees yeah committees you know they're in committees making bills Making it, trying to strip the FCC's power to declare the internet as a, um, a utility, which would give access to telephone poles so that other people could form ISPs. That's the reason Google isn't rolling out quicker, because they don't have access to the telephone poles. It's their number one problem. 
happen. It's like the Republicans are just like siding against people and for companies all the time. And to say that there's no difference at all, God, I guess I'm an Obama lover. Maybe my mom's right. Um, and then he had some other proposals too. Like he wanted uh, community colleges to be free, which is surprisingly affordable. And I think, man, like, could that transform a population? Imagine if like for free, you could go to college now. And some community colleges are offering four-year degrees, which I think is interesting. So all of a sudden you have like a, a system where you can emerge, you know, not so deep in debt. Like you go to community college for two years for free and that could become the new standard. And then you just pay two years worth of expensive college. That could be a thing. Um, or if you want to go to community college and just like learn a skill, you can learn not only like, you know, academic white collar skills there, but they teach you how to weld. They teach you woodworking. They teach you other like, you know, employable job skills at community colleges. And he wants to take this and make it available to all Americans. I think that's really neat. His, inheritance tax proposal had ideas I had never thought of. Um, he wants to, he wants to tax inheritances, but it doesn't start until you get it's some high number, like 5 million or $10 million. So everyone is like, man, it's going to suck. My dad dies and I don't get anything. No, dude, unless your dad has $10 million, you're fine. And even if he does, it only starts taxing the portion over $10 million. So if you're getting 12 million, he'll take like a third of the two you know, that's above 10. So he'll take like 700 grand from you and you'll keep the other $11,300,000. You'll make it. It's going to be okay, dude. So, and then if it's inheriting a business, which is a big deal, right? Like, so let's say, for example, you inherit a farm, which on paper is worth a ton, right? That's very expensive land. You don't have to pay the taxes on that farm until you sell it, which can be never, right? That's one of the options you might go for. Or maybe it's some other business, right? Like, you know, some baby little Nike competitor or something like that. You know, your cobbler, I don't know. And, uh, um, you know, so this business is making money and it has value. But, you know, even if the thing's worth like $15 million, that's the value of the business. You can't just sell the business or take a loan or whatever. So you don't pay taxes on businesses that are inherited or farms that are inherited unless you decide to sell them, at which point you owe inheritance tax. Like, that's a clever idea because it doesn't ruin anyone's business. But, you know, it still does this thing. Well, what we have now is a system designed to keep the rich so rich. I liken it to this. Imagine if we chose this year's Olympic team based on the top athletes of 1960, right? We just grab their kids. Bam. That's who's going to be leading our nation. All the young Rockefellers, all the little Kennedys, all the little whatever. Um, whoever's super rich, Gates' kids, although I guess he's doing a big charity thing. Because your parents were successful, now you get to lead the nation. If we had a system that involved more wealth mobility, where it was easier for everybody to bring themselves up, then that would be good. And that's what free community colleges do. That's what inheritance taxes do. They, they make it so that the next generation kind of has to do it on their own. And I think that that's a really good thing. Um, I liked a lot of his policies, but the challenge is he didn't, I heard, I didn't hear him pitch anything that was possible with the Republicans owning the house and the Senate. It was total pie in the sky. This is the kind of thing that I would do had we won midterms. And, uh, and I liked a lot of his ideas, but I just wasn't hearing anything that he's going to do. It was just stuff that he wishes he could do. So, mm. 
Um, I thought he looked very cinnamony. Looked like he had a lot of makeup on. <laughs> I didn't. Did it, everybody was? They're all talking about his one-liner now. Um, the whole like, what would he say? Oh, I'm I, I, I'm gonna. This is I'll never run for election again or something similar to that. And all the Republicans started clapping. And he's like, you know, yeah, I know because I, I won the last two, and uh, <laughs> it was a good like gotcha line. Everyone loves the zingers, but uh, yeah, I, I was going I, gray, big time. He is going gray. That's the oh capital gains taxes. So I've talked about that a ton. I, if people don't understand capital gains taxes, let me just lay it out there really quick. Um, if you earn money. Through working, right? It doesn't matter if you're Kobe Bryant or if you're a heart surgeon or if you're a YouTuber or if you're, you know, cobbler. That's ordinary income and you pay a high tax rate on it. However, if your money earns that money, right? You know, if you buy and sell stocks, you pay a low tax rate on it. It's much less. And what that means is like you do it. Let's say even me. I'm trying not to come across as some sort of cocky asshole, but like I, I've saved a lot of money. And even now, like I've never had a year where I earned more, like my money's earned more than I have. You know, I still get money from working. Kobe Bryant earns more by his endorsements and his basketball, you know, like you know, salary or whatever, than he does off his investments growing. The, the only people who earn more from investments than from their salary are retired people or the super, super rich. And they pay lower taxes. And it's it's immoral to me. It's crazy that, that like... <laughs> If you work for your money, you pay high taxes. If your money earns your money and just keeps doubling on its own, you pay low taxes. And Obama sees the same thing, and he's trying to raise the capital gains rates. And, and I mean, shucks, I don't know why investment income gets a privileged tax status at all. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. If anything, I'd flip it and say investment income should pay more taxes and earned income should pay lower taxes. Like I, I would rather encourage that kind of behavior. But um, what about people who only make money through investments? I don't know how that works. I'm just yeah. Th those people advocate. tend to be super rich and children of whatever, and they can pay the same tax rate that you do. You know why is it that that when you earn your money doing your thing, that you have to pay more taxes than somebody you know who just inherited a large trust fund, and he gets a low tax rate? Yeah, it's true. This is completely so, wait, off topic. I might have missed it, but what what is the comparative percentages for capital gains tax versus just a normal fuck? The top tax rate for just a normal fuck, I think, is thirty nine point six percent, and for capital gains, it's twenty three point eight percent. So, about about twenty four versus forty. Hmm, that's just actually a huge difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's no, you know, <laughs> it's a big deal, and it's you know the people who own stocks are not paying the kind of taxes that the people who work for cash do. If you work for it, it, you know, there's this whole, the system is rigged. And I don't think the system is so rigged that anybody with the right attitude and work ethic can't get ahead. But I will say, God, it's way easier to stay ahead than it is to get ahead. And, and in that regard, the system is somewhat rigged. And, and the tax code is so transparent and out there, you can see it. If your money earns money, you barely pay taxes. If you work for money, you pay a high tax rate. How is that not crazy? And Obama's looking to raise the capital gains tax. So hmm. that's that. And they act like, well, you know, when you invest, you create jobs. Bullshit, man. You know, buying and selling stocks doesn't create jobs. It, it, it just doesn't. Can we, can we 
<laughs> there's been this pitch that like people who hire people are some kind of superhero. I'll tell you, the reason people hire people is they think that they'll do even better with them on staff. It's it's not an act of charity. It, it's that those people bring value to your company. That that's why that happens, and um, um, you know they, they they just keep rewarding them with like low tax rates and crazy stuff. I mean, it's, it's not right. So, I I, I liked a lot of what uh, Obama was doing. So Obama did Kyle. He told me. <laughs> uh, oh, and then I don't know, I'm looking through all his plans here. Well, I've got it in front of me. Some stuff I didn't like. I don't know why child care gets a big tax credit. I don't know why you get a tax credit just for having kids at all. <clears throat> and even though that one benefits me, I, it still doesn't seem right. I, I just shouldn't you shouldn't you be encouraged to go forth and multiply and make more Americans? Is that not the, at this point? Is that there's the so idea? many? <clears throat> but there's so many Chinese. We need more. More. There's over a billion Chinese. We've got to catch up. I'm not against social engineering by using the tax code. You know, like, like for example, I like the, um, the home mortgage deduction. I think people become better citizens and better people and more productive when they own a house. Like, I think it's a good thing to encourage. And, and I also think feel like, you know, a little break, you know, to help people become landowners. I, I, think it's, I think it's good for the population if they make it easier to buy your house. Bam. So I'm not against using the tax code to encourage that. Having said that, I don't know why we're using the tax code to encourage making babies. It, I, I never did quite. It, it seemed to me like a way to buy votes. I always felt like the motivation behind it was not so much, oh, yeah, you know, this would help America, as in this would help me win re-election. Hey, if you've got kids, here's 500 bucks. Hmm. Maybe so. I always thought yeah. of it as a way to... Like you said, a little bit of political social engineering, trying to, you know, go have another kid. You'll, we'll give you a tax break. Yeah. Well, owning a house, that part really does make sense. I don't really agree so much with the kid thing. Because if a house, that's a big commitment. You're going to be there for the next 25, 30 years, purportedly, you know, if you're not going to be trying to flip them and move all the time. And it's going to make you be a part of a community where you can't just be a piece of shit and then just move around. Like, you have to assimilate. You can't be a renegade douchebag who causes everybody else anxiety. Yeah, you, you become a part of the community, like you said, and you mentioned the social part, but, you know, there's a political part. You might care a little more about, like, city planning if you own a little piece of that city. You might care a little more, and you might maintain your place in a way that you wouldn't if you were a renter. And, and uh, you know, there's some wealth accumulation that happens when you own land. It's good to encourage everyone to own land, because if you don't, then there'll just be a few people that own massive amounts of land, and that's not the way you want your country to be. Like, you know, do you really want just a couple super rich landlords who do like 30% of Georgia is owned by one guy? No, that's not good for Georgia, right? You know, it's nicer when everyone owns their own land. So encourage it. Yeah. That makes sense. I know uh, you mentioned people owning huge amounts of land. Ted Turner owns a huge amount in the Midwest somewhere. He's got some sort of a buffalo ranch out there, bison or something. Mm-hmm. He's got like a million acres or something like that. It's a huge, huge area of land. I don't even know really how big that, that is. Like Super I lose track. It, it, like how many square miles would that be? It's sections. He's got a few sections. <laughs> He's got a huge amount. Because uh, and he also has a chain of these restaurants that that serve the buffalo. So, I've been to I've been there before, and it's actually pretty good. It's called like Ted Turner's Bison Burgers or some shit. It's fifteen hundred square miles. Now I know it's not one big, you know, block, but 
That's, uh... So if it were a square, it'd be about 40 miles on each side. That is a I, chunk of land. It, I'm not sure where it's... Does it say where it is? Is it Montana? Uh, no, the thing I looked up was um, just a math question. Like, oh. It's not about Ted Turner in particular. Yeah, I think it'd be neat oh. to own massive amounts of land. I, uh, I don't... You see it sometimes, like a hundred acres for sale for something that's like it's a lot. It's usually like a quarter million dollars, like not just something you buy on a whim, but it's also like not something that like a lot of people yeah, live so in quarter. But two million, two million acres of personal and ranch land. Good lord, he's the second largest individual landholder in North America, behind I don't even know who. <laughs> oh, I was hoping it said. I'm always curious about that sort of thing. Two million acres. What's he doing with all that? Anything he wants. Anything he wants. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that's got fifty-one thousand bison. <laughs> fifty-one. Such an absurd. Such an absurd belonging. <laughs> fifty-one thousand bison. When I was I a teenager, fifty-one thousand buffalo. <laughs> I used to use this joke. It's a stolen joke, but. Um, you know, I had that one summer where I picked up tons and tons of girls and took them to see Pretty, Mo Pretty Woman, the movie. Um, I used to tell girls as part of my little spiel that I had the largest seashell collection in the world and that I kept it scattered up and down the east coast of America. <laughs> oh, what a fruit you were. <laughs> oh, That's terrible. Oh, they liked it. They liked it. Oh. It's what was good... that joke you had for PKN? It was something about... Oh, the emo kids. Oh, yeah, the emo kids. <laughs> Telltale. Uh, I wonder if I... I might have deleted it. I, I tend to, so I don't tell them twice. Do you remember it, Kyle? Oh, I have um, it here. Are you ready? Yeah. I will oh, retell ready. my PKN joke. This is what you're missing if you're not a Patreon. Got a job working with a bunch of emo kids. It's so depressing. They're always going on about dying. They look terrible with their white skin and they complain how shit their life is. That's, sorry, not emo kids. Chemo kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're both aggravating, aren't they? That would bite hard. <laughs> yeah, he, he. I actually, I like that one a lot. Some of the, some of those jokes you find are, are, are pretty good. I don't, I, I, I like a lot of them. Some of them are just terrible, and they're uh -huh. not even funny. But, but that one, that one was just dark and made me feel bad on the inside when I chuckled at it. I like to say that no, I'm going really, for no. terrible, so that way if I hit it, it's not so awful. <laughs> well, you hit it that time. That was pretty terrible. <laughs> Let me see. I've got a. Uh, oh boy. Here's awful. Do you guys want to hear awful offensive jokes? Let's hear it. What's the best part about dead baby jokes? Oh. They never get oh. old. Oh. oh. What's the difference yeah, between yeah. Michael Phelps and Hitler? Michael Phelps oh. can finish a race. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. Oh my God! What's the difference between Jews and Santa Claus? Santa. Comes... That's gonna be something. Santa wait, wait, what's comes... it gonna be about, Kyle? We have to guess these. Okay, okay. What's the difference between Jews and Santa Claus? So uh, Santa religion. Claus. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. Santa Claus comes down your chimney, right? That. Yep. Yep. 
Seems like, you know, if you cook some Jews in an oven, wouldn't they go like up a chimney? Like is 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 that is that where we're headed? That's it. That exactly. could be it. Really? Wow. Good yeah. job, Kyle. Thank you. Alright, give us another setup and we have to guess what the end is. Oh, what's the difference between a slave and a snow tire? Okay, so a snow tire helps you get out of snow. Snow <laughs> makes your car, makes your car have more grip. What's the difference between a, a slave? What, okay, so what do you do to a slave? You whip a slave, you beat a slave, um, you own a slave. What's the difference between a slave and a snow tire? What I'm trying to think think of something that you do to both a slave and a snow tire so that there would be a difference. I guess maybe when you you. A snow tire does not sing when you put chains on it. Damn it! Ah, I, ah. Had, I was even picturing the chains. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. That was easy. Um, what's the hardest part about being a pedophile? The hardest part about being a pedophile. Hmm. This is different. There's a lot of answers. It's not a yeah. what's the difference uh, question. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Fitting in. There you go. It was very literal. I see. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's, it's, okay. It's because a lot of, of darker ones. Yeah, strangely enough, tiny buttholes that we're referring to child's buttholes. And uh, Kyle, language. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, a guy was walking to a bar, and on his way, he found a girl tied up on the railroad tracks. He untied her, and they had sex. Guy gets to the bar, and friends asked him why he's so late. And he tells him about the girl and all the different positions that they fucked in. Friends give him props, and they ask him if he got hid. He says, nah, I couldn't find the head. <laughs> See, he found so her tied up on the railroad tracks. Ew! He <laughs> <laughs> came right at us with the necrophilia joke. Really got us invested in that girl, and, and she was dead the whole time. My girlfriend is into strange roleplay while we have sex. She always insists on pretending to be 14 years old. I don't get why. She'll be 14 in a couple of years anyway. Yep, yep. I saw, I that, saw one. that one coming. Oh, did yeah, you? That's yeah, that's nice and rehashed quite a bit. Pretty bad. Uh, that's all I've got on this particular list. Good. Of, of bad jokes. <laughs> some of those are quite bad. I don't mean bad as in like, oh, that's a terrible joke. I just mean like some of those are dark. Some of those are pretty rough. Yeah, the uh, the title was Warning Dark Jokes Ahead. Um, I've been watching uh, Netflix a lot lately, and I found a, a nice little series. It's um, It's like Vietnam in HD. It's like a six. Oh, I was thing. just I was watching that right before we started the show. Really? Like what right is this? before first episode. It's great. Vietnam in HD, and it's um, it's it's narrated. They tell the story of Vietnam, along with historical footage as well as like on the scene footage shot by soldiers, accompanied by historical reenactment, and they they mix it all together in a way that you, it it's really really good. I, I watched all six parts. Um, is it as good uh, as like the Pacific or? Oh, it's not like that. Well, it's, it's not like that. It's not like a story, from what I can tell. It's just like a documentary where they have actual color HD footage. There's a lot of really intense gore that happened right off the bat in it, so that's really upsetting. But hmm. yeah, it's not like you're a following a specific guy the whole way like, through, like you are in the drama. Pacific. Sometimes you are though. Like they'll they'll have. It, it's not like there aren't actors. You're not following a story. It'll be more like there's some. Sp- you know, some Vietnam vet, and he's telling you the story and reading, and 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 you go back and forth. So they'll have like a professional. It's the whole thing is narrated by um, 
Michael something or another from Dexter, like the main guy from Dexter, and they've got other um, celebrities voicing some of the the yeah the, guy like from Sunday is in it too, Dennis. Yeah, yeah, and they're like voicing the younger versions of these soldiers, but they had the old guys there too telling the story. They're talking about like Hamburger Hill and stuff like that. And after watching that thing, I learned a lot about Vietnam I didn't know, and it's just it was really depressing to watch. All of the wasted, I think 58,000 dead Americans. Uh, the ratio for the longest time was like 12 to 1 uh, 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 Viet North Vietnamese casualties to, to American casualties. So God only knows what it was by the end of the war. We must have killed half a million of them. And they, they went into all the... They, they covered the war completely from start to finish. Isn't that, uh, I feel like America learned a thing from that too. Like, yeah. you know, we lost Vietnam... But we had a 12 to 1, you know, KD ratio, for lack of a better term. And, uh, I don't know, do we still do that? I don't know. Maybe we didn't. Well, what they, what they keep uh, reiterating in the documentary is that <clears throat> it was a war that wasn't fought for land or um, territory. It was, fought about, it was fought for body count. And so in that way, it was sort of a war of attrition. You know, it was never really going to end, especially when you couldn't go into Laos and Cambodia and get to the heart of the uh, the trail and the heart of where the ammo dumps were, the food dumps. Late in the war in this series, they talk about the excursions into Laos and Cambodia, 30,000 Americans going in at once in a coordinated effort, and the supply dumps they found with tons of rice and tons of ammunition seven miles into the Cambodian border because they were just waiting on the Americans to leave Vietnam, Vietnam so they could make the final push. And then they did. They, they, you know, they crushed the South. It was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, if you like history, and uh, maybe you feel like you're a little bit ignorant about Vietnam, and that's that's how I felt in some ways. I knew the basics, I knew the broad strokes, but this thing was pretty detailed. It's six episodes, of roughly an hour long each, and I definitely learned a lot. It was good. It, I, I feel ignorant on Vietnam, and I think I can explain why. When I was in school, right, like, so I was born in 73, I'm 41, so picture me at like seven years old in uh, in the Vietnam, by the way, ended in like 73. So it, it, it'd kind of be like teaching the Gulf War now, right? That thing's seven years old-ish, right? What was it, 10 years old? You don't really have that historical perspective, and it's a political topic. And Vietnam was way more of a political hotspot than, um, uh, you know, the Iraq War is. So, like, I would ask my teachers, like, why did we get into Vietnam? And I remember, he's like, oh, don't even get me started. You don't want to know. You're a history teacher, asshole. Like, I, I asked you why, you know, like, like I, I literally didn't know why Vietnam started. Is it, there's, like, a fake boat sinking or something? I Like, they don't teach it properly. They don't tell people, like, this is why Vietnam started. This was the true motive yeah, behind it. Yeah, fuck all it. that. Fuck all those. Fuck the public education system. If you want to know, I promise you, this this little uh, this documentary will teach you everything you know. All, I had all the same questions. That You know, it, it came down to communism versus democracy, and, you know, it's it's another little... Uh, they should teach that in public education. They should be like, look, they, they lied to the American people, and they said that Vietnam attacked our naval ship... But the truth is that they felt like the Soviets were expanding communism country by country and, and we were, you know, fighting communism. It was a proxy war between the U.S. and Russia, but, you know, Vietnam soldiers. Say that if that's yeah. the deal. I, I, that's, that, that is the deal. Yeah. And, and, you know, 
But but you, I I've watched a few document. I watched another one last night. There was a PBS thing that began telling the story at the invasion of Iraq, and the end of the story was ISIS, and it was a PBS <laughs> thing, and that was really good. They made Bush look like a real fool. The whole um, you know, the way the war was planned, and uh, they basically said that at no point was the mission to to get rid of the insurgents. It was always about containment. And you know that's why they were in these big bases. You know, it was they they really dug the thing apart. They they pulled the generals who were in charge apart. Um, it was really good. You know and, who was good at uh, containing the insurgents? Saddam mm -hmm. Hussein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they explained out. where the insurgents came from. They're like, pre-war, the plan was to leave the Iraqi military intact, the Iraqi army intact, and then. Uh, and then all of a sudden the decision was made to send 300,000 men uh, home unemployed with weapons and the know-how to use them. And then, you know, three weeks later, the, the bombing started. It's just, it, it didn't make sense. Yeah, it, Bush uh, is one of the worst presidents in the history of mankind. He, he was just super, super bad. And the guys under him were, were fucking scary, evil motherfuckers. Like, like, like... like he kept. They kept saying how Rumsfeld would kept asking, you know, when are you guys gonna wrap this thing up? When are you gonna wrap this thing up? <laughs> and they were just like, never. <laughs> like, like, don't you understand what's going on, on the ground, sir? Like, we don't have the, you know. It was that was really good. That was really informative to watch. What was that one? What are these called? Say again. Um. So uh, the Vietnam in HD. One, Vietnam in HD, and then the other one's not on Netflix. It's right? called Vietnam. The other one is on Netflix. It's a PBS. Uh, it's probably under the recently added tab. I can hang on. I'll pull it up exactly in just a moment. Oh, I actually watched that one about a week ago too. It was good. I didn't realize how little I knew about Vietnam. I've been yeah. watching Supernatural, and uh, I'm slightly dumber for it. <laughs> Turns out <laughs> angels are bad. I don't know. <laughs> how far are you in? Did you start in the middle? No, I um. I had seen up through season eight, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, nine's out." I, you know, it's all ready to watch. So I'm watching. I'm about halfway through season nine. That's the show with the terrible makeup and awful you know creatures, and it, just takes you out of the moment stuff. It is, but I, I'm watching season nine, and I'm like, you know what? It, it does seem like they've stepped up their budget a bunch. You know, there's just different. Couldn't have gone down. <laughs> you could tell at first, like it really had the budget of like a high school play, you know, where they're like, just imagine that's a demon. But uh, they've got the U uh, UV or AV squad in the back, yeah. actually doing all the special effects. But if you it's... watch it now, while they, of course, couldn't change the look of all the demons and angels and stuff, you're like, oh, you know, I can tell some effort went into making this thing. It's... Yeah, it looks better now. Yeah, it does look better, and the lighting is all strong. So that PBS thing is called uh, Frontline Losing Iraq. It was made this year. It's an hour and a half long, and it's uh, pretty fucking good. It, they, they, all they, of those uh, Frontline things are great. Like yeah, all the different Frontline ones on there. Frontline, Some of them are really depressing. What was it? Frontline what? Frontline Losing Iraq. Losing, wow. You know what I watched recently? Did you guys see Restrepo? Yes. Yeah, when that first I came, that came out a while ago. Did you know there was a sequel? I did know. I haven't I watched it yet. Yeah, I saw that. I forget what it was called. Like, I want to say it's Kabul or something like that. But um, uh, anyway, it's uh, they they just did it again. It, it it gives you a really solid understanding of what Iraq is like. You know, the, sometimes people die, and it's just like sniper in the dark, bam 
Mexicans to death, somebody's down. The Americans are typically killing a lot more than they're dying. And, uh, but it's mostly just like two groups in hills behind sandbags, like taking shots at each other all the time. They're not really gaining and losing ground. They're just sort of holding and being there so that someone else can't have that chunk of land. And it, Had it, you seen American Sniper yet? No. Have no. you? No. I, I did see some of the criticisms for it and some of the um, good reviews and the bad reviews. I've read a lot of reviews about it. It seems to be really mixed. A lot of people... So I saw... Oh, what fucking comedian did it? He compared it to... He compared Seth, Ro- it to, Seth Rogen? I think it might have been Seth Rogen. He compared it to the the phony film in at the Glorious end of Inglourious Bastards. Yeah, Bastards. it was him. And is that his name, the out, heavy guy from Interview, Seth Rogen? Yeah, yeah. yeah and him. someone pointed out that the literal translation for American Sniper in German was like the same as the title for that movie, and because <laughs> it's you know it's like you know American Sniper, and you know it was just it was the same thing. Um, so he compared it, it, it the, the quote was that he compared it to Nazi propaganda which is not true uh, that's not what he said but I, I'm not sure I haven't seen the movie um, but but it's got a lot of critics I think I'd like to see it I think it's going to be really good the, the one criticism that I saw that I, I'm not going to excuse it for was that fake baby that everyone keeps making fun of apparently like in the scenes where Chris Kyle's holding his baby when Bradley Cooper's holding the baby it's a doll it's a. It's not even the robot doll that they have now that wiggles and coos. It's it's a fucking like piss me Amy doll that you could get at the store for like twelve dollars. And the excuse apparently was that one of the kids was sick and the other was a no show or something like that. So they went to the fucking doll. And my thought what? process was why didn't they just fucking film something else that day? Yeah. <laughs> or just just find a baby. It's not that hard. Nominate for best baby. picture. It's a big, high-budget movie. Go to Taco Bell somewhere. Find a lady with a baby. Hey, I'll, get, I'll buy your chalupa if you let me borrow him for 30 minutes. <laughs> there are very, there's very strict rules. Apparently, babies can only work like 20 minutes a day or something like that. I know Clint Eastwood is the kind of director who prefers one-cut takes. Like he wants to go in there and just get it done. And it's like if if he doesn't like the first cut, he, he's He's saying something like, "Well, that wasn't worth a fuck, now was it?" And you know, it's like a, it's it's a problem if he's if he's not. So I'm sure he's not the guy who's wanting to sit around and wait on a baby. But still, it's it seems shitty for this film that's getting all this praise and it's nominated for best picture to have a fucking fake baby in it that that I could get. I've seen the screenshots. It's a obviously fake baby. I. So are I'm people hating on the Chris movie Kyle. Itself? It seems like Chris Kyle. I hate to speak ill of the dead and some American hero dead guy, etc., but. It's coming out of the woodwork what a douchebag he was. And I'm I'm cautious I, I about mixed, believing it. Yeah, I, I am as well. I hear mixed things about that. He, he, it, I haven't heard he's a douchebag, but he he seemed to feel that like he was proud of what he did and he, he wished he'd done more of it. And, and his thing was that he was shooting people who were a direct threat to American soldiers. And I think that he was unabashedly non-apologetic about, about that. And he was... Like, you know, his job was to shoot people, and, and he enjoyed doing his job, and that was that. Okay. Seems to be. What about the bullshit about him beating up Jesse Ventura? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't... Did he write that? Did he, where did he say that? So, in his book... Let me get my facts um, right here. In wait, his, so is this guy dead? Yeah, he was Yeah, he killed, killed himself, him. right? Uh, someone shot him. Uh, someone shot him, you said? 
Yeah. Um. So in his like book, in war or uh, back home, someone murdered him. Uh, I believe. In his book, let me get this out. Um, Chris Kyle and his group encountered a character named Scruffface, who insulted George W. Bush, slammed the Iraq War, and even added the horrific sneer that the SEALs deserved to lose a few. And a fight ensued, and according to Kyle, being level-headed and calm can only last so long. And I laid him out. Tables flew, stuff happened, Scruffface ended up on the floor. He happily added that Scruffface had a black eye the next day. And uh, then in some thing, I forget where it was. Oh, he was in an interview in, Scott, in Fox News where he said it again. He told mm -hmm. the same story that he beat up Scruffface. And he said that that was Vessi De Jesse Ventura. So then what mm -hmm. happened is Jesse Ventura became the most hated man in America. Persona non grata in any military or veteran community. TV show deals for him that, you know, he built a tv career as a host and stuff they they all dried up right so he was no longer showing up on these new shows etc jesse ventura's career was rocked because he claimed that uh the seals deserved to lose a few and he slammed bush and the iraq war etc it turns out the whole thing is total bullshit that they never got into a fight jesse ventura wasn't there he didn't have a black eye etc and by the way, it's really hard to win these cases. So you, know, you think it might be a he said, she said thing, but for Ventura to win, it, it needed to be super lopsided. And by the way, they had to prove that Chris Kyle made a lot of money off of this lie, which he did because he went you know, on Fox News and different talk shows talking about how he beat up Jesse Ventura. He put it in his book. His book made millions of dollars. There's a movie coming out of it. Jesse Ventura won. Let me see. Is the amount in Was here? Was it 1.7? That's the that's the number stuck in my head. 1.84 million dollars. Jesse Ventura won 1.84 million dollars from the estate of Chris Kyle, because uh, because it's built on at least in part lies about Jesse Ventura. I think I actually heard Jesse Ventura on the Stern Show addressing this. And uh -huh. I didn't realize that's what he was discussing at the time, so I don't remember the pertinent facts. But because I, I remember there was it was brought up that he was taking the money maybe from like a wife and kids because right. the guy wasn't around anymore, and he he was defending that. Um, and I thought he did a good job at it. Even Apparently though that's normal. So, so it's like you could phrase it that way, but basically he sued Chris Kyle. And then when Chris Kyle died, this happens automatically. It like it just transfers to now he's suing the guy's estate. And, yeah. um, you know, they're acting like, oh, his poor wife and kids. His poor wife and kids are multimillionaires now based on the lies that he told about Jesse Ventura in part. So um, Was that really a big part of what made him famous because I, I didn't would, follow him I mean, when he was coming I would out. say that like, no the probably the big part is yeah is all the kills that he got in Iraq I think he's the most deadly sniper the America's ever had or something like yeah, that. yeah America's ever had but he doesn't stand up against that fucking crazy Finnish guy the white death or whatever that shot like 580 something Russians good lord yeah I heard that yeah, guy well, used to shooting eat Russians snow to like... like shooting fish in a barrel <laughs> negative that, like, they were just running around with no weapons in the cold he in the snow snow in his mouth so he didn't breathe steam and stuff like he got know. shot in the face yeah and kept going yeah he didn't is that the guy who either. used iron sights he used yeah, iron they sights called him the white death <laughs> um but uh but yeah and, and you know it basically yeah it, it, oh here it is um the Chris book Kyle's earned six million dollars and the movie of course will earn even more and uh and it and jesse ventura on the other hand Oh, here it is. 
He got 500 grand for defamation and then 1.3 million for unjust enrichment, which means that Kyle and his estate wrongly profi- wrongly profited from the defamation, from the lies they told. Ah, I see. So, hmm. um, so yeah. yeah I don't know Why would you lie things? about a fight with Jesse Ventura when you're the most deadly sniper in American history? Like, why put that little tidbit <laughs> of who gives a fuck on top of the Sunday that is your military success. I can almost tell you why. Because at the time, Jesse Ventura was speaking out against the Iraq War. He was saying, we're doing it wrong. He would say, like, if he was speaking out against waterboarding, for example. And, uh, you know, he'd say, look, you know, I can get Cheney to admit to, I forget what the crime was, you know, to, to killing some chick. Uh, if you give me a, you know, him a waterboard in 30 minutes, waterboarding shouldn't happen. America shouldn't torture people, etc. Jesse Ventura was saying this, and it was making the right wing people really dislike him. Right wing guys like Chris Kyle, because uh, he was speaking out pretty much against America in that he wasn't lining up with the torture. So now he's telling stories about how he beat him up and laid him out in a bar and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just to add to his sort of hero a persona hmm. thing going on. Yeah, I beat that guy up. The one who's talking trash about our torture policies. Hmm. I definitely want to see the movie. I, I like Clint Eastwood. I like Bradley Cooper. Um, and I think it's going to be an interesting story. The trailer's really powerful. The trailer's great. Uh, and I, the fact that it's nominated for Best Picture, I, it's I, it's not going to win, of course, but that's got that says something about the filmmaking, despite the fake baby, which is irking me, even though I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> Uh, so but yeah. it broke a ton of records I saw that's that's Clint Eastwood's biggest open since Gran Torino which was his biggest open prior uh, it's Bradley Cooper's biggest open biggest January open I'm, uh, rated. I'm really into it because I, I like war movies and I the sniper story sounds like it, basically the content of this thing is exactly what I'd like I and it's stupid internet stories. You don't they, if half the things they said about me was true, I'd be a bigger douche than I could live with. If if you know how much of what they're saying about Chris Kyle is actually true, you know, and it, especially someone who is like if someone's a good guy, if someone's this American hero, there's always a million people trying to expose why he really wasn't. So I don't know what to make of it, but I am stuck on this exposure stuff and I it doesn't help that he just lost in court for lying about beating people up and. Um, ah, come on! Let's, let's, let's just go watch this thing. We'll feel, we'll get to watch Bradley Cooper shoot some Iraqi bad guys, and we'll feel better about losing the war. <laughs> Did we lose the Iraq War? It's just like Rambo. Yeah, we totally Whoops. lost that war. It depends what what winning meant to you. If it was conquering a, the country, like we did that in the first week, like first three days or something, like if it's about enacting some sort of, if it's about replacing Saddam Hussein's dictatorship with a fully operating democracy and creating a more peaceful, happy environment for every Iraqi on average, then we, then we failed and we lost. And we spent more fucking money than... It's an ungodly amount of money that was spent uh, in, in Iraq. They uh, actually told us we'd make money on it. They said this war will cost less than zero. We'll make money well, on it. Well, some people made money. I, yeah. I don't doubt that. Some, a lot of people made money, but it wasn't the American taxpayer. They, they, their grandchildren will be paying for this war. It, it, it was incredibly, incredibly expensive. It was so expensive that if I, if I looked it up and told you, you still wouldn't comprehend it. It's, it's such an enormous amount of money. Cause once I you get into like multiple billions or trillions of dollars, it's like you, it, it doesn't even mean anything anymore because you yeah. can't put a, <laughs> something tangible next to it. 
Yeah, I don't know what a trillion dollars would even look like. Like, I can't imagine it. This pops into my... If you get a Republican president, there's a really good chance we'll start a war with somebody. We can't afford that shit. We need to be figuring something out. uh, Couldn't afford it last time. Did it anyway. Last time, it it was one of those things. I felt it was like, no, we can't really afford that new sedan, but we can survive it. Mm-hmm. You know, like we'll still eat and everything, and the 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 lights will stay on. But at this point, it's like we don't need to blow another trillion dollars here, killing some brown people we don't like. Like we need to, we need to slow take a take a step back, or we're gonna take a few steps back in a in a in a different role. We're gonna we're gonna continue to, uh, we're not gonna be a superpower anymore for one thing. We're just gonna spend our, ourselves into becoming another British Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny little pathetic island. <laughs> oh God! Here we go. You know, Colin <laughs> McGregor is this UFC fighter. Are you, you're familiar <laughs> with him, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a wonder he fights at all, right? You'd think he'd just be neutral. You think he'd go in the octagon and not pick a side? <laughs> <laughs> I um, I, I didn't bring any fresh material for the Irish this week. I'm I'm afraid. I, I I did a little research. I I mean, there's, I guess there's just not that much that's been written about the Irish, really. Uh, well, usually you don't have to bring more material. It's just the anger just seeps <laughs> out of you. You're just seething over there, just head shaking like a someone, maniac. Someone tweeted me and said that it was really uncool that I said we should bomb. Was it Egypt? I think it was Egypt I said we should bomb. Because, I uh, Yeah, I, I forget. Like, some people from... Oh, where were the people that attack France from? It was the same place the USS mm-hmm. coal was blown up, I think. Oh, Yemen? Yeah, I think it was Yemen. And uh, I was like, oh, did we get attacked from Yemen? Let's kill some other country with brown people. Good luck, Egypt. Yeah. And uh, a guy tweeted me, and he's like, oh, it's not cool. So like, yeah, don't take offense. Next week, New Jersey. So here we are. Yeah. Bomb Jersey, just because they stink. Jersey is the worst. <laughs> I, uh... I hope I never have to go back to New Jersey again. I, I can't imagine why I would, because I'll never drive that far up there again. I'm pretty sure I'll never step foot in that state ever, ever, ever again. <laughs> I've never I, been, but I could, I could picture taking a trip to Jersey just to like appreciate my life more. It'd almost be like walking through like a Cambodian village you're for a day. You're fucking Boise. Like, oh. You're in Boise <laughs> making fun of Joyzy. It's not Have right. Have you ever smelled like, you know that scene in Fight Club when they talk about the smell of the paper mill and it's like they mention it smells like stale farts or something like that? Like, that's what it smells like. New Jersey, that is. It, the Garden State smells like, it smells like. Stale farts. Uh, the trash dump behind like one of the castles. Can in I have Game a timeout here? Like, just rotten animals. I want to know the cabbage. truth. In, in the inside of your head, do you honestly think Jersey smells like that, or do you recognize that we just drove drove through a place that smelled like that? We drove through the heart of New Jersey, <laughs> right through the most populated <laughs> industrial area where the fancy folk of New Jersey live. I'm sure, like. <laughs> I could see New York City, like 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 we were there. On the, it was the New Jersey Turnpike, and it smelled awful. It, it was a smell that it was one of the smells where like it creeps in, and it's it's like a it's like a dead person's heart or something. It's like it's like a dead body was laying there, and 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 you were just like, I'll miss you forever. And they went, oh. and like that, like went in your nose. That's 
And then you so you roll the window down. You're like, fuck this shit. You try to get it down, and then it hits you at 60 <laughs> miles per hour. That's what the whole world out there smells like. Like, <laughs> but back to my timeout. You know that was just like, you know, a couple square miles of Jersey, and and you're telling me that I just so happened to have passed through the smell zone. Yeah, it's right there the at the turnpike. Oh, okay. Oh, well, next time. Next time we'll go to South Jersey. I'm sure that smells much nicer. I'm sure it doesn't smell like Captain Planet. Some Captain Planet villain came through there yesterday. It does and- it. The part <laughs> I'm from, like, it, so Morristown was suburbs and smelled like where you're from, and then the Ocean City smelled like the ocean. I don't believe you. I, I think that I feel like that. <laughs> I, I feel that like you don't believe me. This Ocean City, New Jersey place. Like I imagine it, like, um, like the beach from. It was that episode of It's Always Sunny when they all went to Atlantic City. Oh, and there were syringes. Broken bottles and, and syringes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I imagine every time you mention Atlantic City, New Jersey. I imagine syringes and, you know, a whole ham and the dogs are tearing at the flesh. And and, and there's still that smell, quite frankly. Dude, of, of... it's fun. When I was what a little just living kid... in the glory days when Nucky ran the boardwalk and there was fresh <laughs> pelicans on the, the wood. Listen to and, this, you know, man. It was all freshly varnished. When I was a little kid, New York used to dump their trash in the ocean. That was just like standard practice. They dumped their trash in the ocean. And I was a surfer. So there would be all this trash in the ocean. Wildwood would shut down for weeks because like the bacteria count in the water was too high. I remember I read something. I forget where. But they said that the plastic tampon inserter tool was the New Jersey seashell. And I was like, that's what those things are. They're all over the place here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fuck. Yeah, it was so gross. Um, There used to be these tar balls. They were like the size of a marble. And uh, they'd like stain my wetsuit and get on my surfboard wax and stuff like that. But now they don't put their their trash in the ocean anymore. That problem's fixed. I'm going to run to the bathroom. I'll be right back. All right. Uh, all right. Would you like a joke to kill the? Uh, you know, Kyle running the bathroom is going to be a while, right? He's going to come. Oh well, let's do this. What will he come back with? Yes. Uh, he probably won't come back with either. He either won't come back with anything because if he comes back with a toy, he's always like a child. Like, wait, wait, right here. I'm going to come go get that. And then he comes <laughs> back with it all skipping. But uh, he's probably going to come back with food or just finishing up chewing something because he m- makes a whole sandwich in the kitchen and then eats it on the way down. Yeah, I think he'll come he's back been, with some food. I think he's been hungry for quite some time. I mean, he talked about French fries hours ago, right? Like he's planning out the junk food he'll eat after this show. I suspect that he goes to the kitchen and finds some sort of snack on his bathroom break. Oh, yeah, he is counting down the last hour of the show, just feverishly waiting for those fries. He, he was talking to me about that before the Anthony Cumia show thing. I did, talking about his... Oh, you gotta have the garlic salt in there, then I put the onion salt, and just a little bit of paprika. It's like he's, <laughs> Does he really he, use he paprika? Grabbings. I don't know. I don't know. It was some spice, and that's the name of one. But he... I, I can picture him there with his spinny... Spice rack, just choosing things like a chef in a Disney musical. Just uh, that so, late at night. What are the rainbow lights I'm looking at behind you? Is that a oh, television or do you actually it's have a disco television lights? Face to that way. My girlfriend's playing Borderlands in the living room. Okay, all right. Yeah, she's so, sitting on the floor over there playing on her TV. How long have you guys been dating now? It's it's getting to be a while, right? Yeah, it's been. Uh, I think 
Year and a half. Year and a half. All right. Marriage plans in the future? No. No. Is that not a never even, type thing? Too, it's not a hard no, but it's uh, I'm too young for that now. No reason to introduce something like that in my life. I don't want to speed through it, you know? How old are you? I'll be 24 in April. Yeah. I was married by the time I was your age. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, you were married at 23? Uh... Yeah. The question is, I, I I don't know if I was married at 20. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was engaged at 22, and then I was 23 in two months when I got married. Ah. Uh, I guess you're beating me. Well, well I'd see, I have thought about things like that, where you have obviously been young while your kids have been growing up, so you can do you can still do everything they want to do. You know, not like they're old, but I don't know. What do you think is too late? For too marriage? Late to have, for a guy, it's... No, no, to have children. Because I'm still on the fence about that. I don't know if I ever want any. I think it'd be nice to have your last kid by 30, 32, something like that. So, you know, too late also <laughs> depends on how many kids you want. If you want six kids, get started. Um, you know, if you want two kids, then you could do 30, 32, or, you know, 28, 30, something like that. Yeah. So you're. Once it starts to get dangerous. For the women. It's like over 35, 40, something like that. Uh, it's definitely not 40. Uh, 35, I think, is a, a mark they use. I think 30 might even be one they use, too. But they get better and better at it. Uh, let's see. When is... When is childbearing age? Maybe that'll look it up. Um, it's going to give you some like old-timey statistics. Like, 11 is ideal. It is unwise to wait till their 30s. Um, but the best age is 20 to 35. That just seems weird. That doesn't hmm. fit. Yeah, here it is. So this thing keeps quoting 35 as the as the age in which like uh, pregnancies have become troublesome. Genetic disorders and stuff like that. Hmm. But people are waiting longer and longer. Medicine gets better and better. But it still, people are people. Like, I, I have a hard time balancing that in my own head. You know, like, it's like, yeah, they used to say 35 was a big problem, but medicine's advanced so far from there. Right. But humans haven't evolved jack in the last 20 years. You know, we're... That's one, like, hard and fast <laughs> rule that's never going to get made better by PC, you know, don't talk about it, hope for the best <laughs> stuff, you know, like... There is a set point where you just can't do that anymore. Like, you can believe the whole like, oh, I'm gonna wait till I'm in my mid 40s before I have kids, but it's not. Chances are, it's not gonna work out. Like, there's just a point where you need to have children by to be safe, or at yeah. least that's my understanding of it from the very limited Wikipedia research I've done. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, and I looked at a second article. So 35 seems to be the cap, and uh, um, so you know you want your last kid to be finished at 35. That that kind of is the number. How many kids do you want, if any? If any, probably one. Oh, okay. So yeah, you I just hang on there. Yeah, I don't really want <clears throat> kids that much at all. Or maybe I, I might. I mean, when you were my age, you you I, you were married. You did want them. Mm. Kyle, though, he's older than I am, so I have I could just watch him stay a few years behind, see how he goes, and if like he regrets having kids, I just have like a four-year window to hit it. 
right? About yeah, four years older than me, right? I like to think of Kyle as the uncle type. There you go. He nails it. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd be a great uncle. Like, like if you want to like have a good time, like I'd totally the uncle that'll like get you late or something, or you know, we we'll go blow some shit up, or you know, let you shoot your first machine gun, or maybe we can go beat up some some minorities or something. I don't know. But like. <laughs> If, if you're counting on me to like shape the like upbringing, you know, like create a, an individual's personality, like help shape it and form it, even with my genetics, my DNA, I'm I'm gonna be 50% of this kid at least. Like, I don't want that going on now. I don't think I want any kids, man. That's a huge responsibility. I would take it very seriously, and I, I'm not. I, I just I see people. I hate to say it, but Jeremy, for example, Jeremy's kids. You know, it's he's not getting a big leg up in the world. For for a number of reasons, I I don't want to like go make this a Jeremy beatdown thing, but I wouldn't wish that the life that Jeremy's child is going to experience upon a ch- upon a child, and and so like I feel like I would have such a responsibility if I were going to have a kid to give that kid a, a great life. I don't want that responsibility. So. Isn't the the mom in Jeremy's situation uh, shockingly good and effective and better than you might guess? I mean, she's better looking than you might guess. That's about it. She's okay. already got like another kid or two, and like I guess she's good at like working the system and you know. Oh, that's not what the I was system like for. welfare. Yeah. See, Woody, she's in good hands. Or he, <laughs> son, daughter, whatever. Oh, he's got this handle. He'll get a check. And 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 apparently we were we were we were also saying that she would be good, you know, if Jeremy ever married her. He, that, that she would be good at acquiring child support out of Jeremy, basically, and alimony if if it ever came to that as well. Um, I don't think that she's a, a great person, and I don't think that kid's going to have much of a leg up in the world. I'll just leave it at that. I, I feel sorry for that kid. This whole, like... So, um, I was on Reddit, and I, I forget what I said, but something along the lines of, like, hey, you know, I funded my own school. I just worked hard, <laughs> kind of had two jobs for a while, and uh, you know, I earned what I got. And someone else was like, that's privilege. And I replied and said, you know, I don't see what having white has to do with it. You know, I never got a leg up because I'm white. No one ever gave me anything because I'm white. It didn't help me with my grades. It didn't help me get into school. Didn't do anything. And the guy's like, it's not that you're white. I don't even know what you are because it was Reddit. Um, it's that it's pretty clear to me that like, you were sent in that direction. You know, your parents said, go to college. Your parents said this. Like, they laid out a map and gave you sort of the the clues to how to get by in the world. That's the privilege. And That's ridiculous. Well, I went I had a, a coworker, Anthony. Now Anthony's black and he's from Siler City, North Carolina, which is kind of like a farming community. And he said that like a lot of his peers just didn't really know what college was or what it was about. Like aside from some of the things they saw in movies, they didn't understand how it opened up certain jobs and they never really considered it an option in their personal roadmap that it just like, it was never really presented or encouraged or whatever. It was like, you get that piece of paper and that piece of paper means high school diploma. And then after that you begin life and do whatever. Like it wasn't like, you know, whereas probably I would guess with you, they're like, yeah, after 12th grade, there's 13th grade college freshman. That's that's your path. It's what we expect from you. It's where you're headed. And that's the privilege. So but I wonder, like, I'm not really sure. Like, sometimes I line up with what you just said, which is, dude, really? Like, at this point, you don't know college. Like, you didn't realize that opened up better jobs to you. 
Everyone knows yes, that. Everybody right? knows that. It's just an ever-present battle of those left people trying to remove any semblance of responsibility or accountability for your own actions from any inner locus of control of wanting to succeed and outsourcing it all to, oh, it's all just where you were raised or how you were raised or this <clears throat> or that. Like, they, they just take all the response. Like, most people, I, that farming guy, he could have been in your same situation. He might not have gone to college. He might not have had the work ethic to work two jobs while getting a computer, computer science degree or accounting, uh, whatever it was initially you got. Like, that's just ridiculous. You had a hard work ethic and you succeed. Did you ever consider a life of crime instead? There must have been many oh, times yeah. when you were, like, working really hard and not seeing much coming back. What uh, I particularly considered was... um. There was this guy I worked with, his name was Kobe, and he used to brag about his hacking adventures. And it was like, ah, oh, can you get me a degree? Can you just can you just war games this thing and uh. go in there and add some grades? That would mean so much to me. I would pay for it. You know, dude, I'll give you ten thousand. It's probably cheaper than the courses. Just just save me this pain in the ass of actually learning all this shit. Um that I never did anything. Really, you but. know, I've thought about that a bit. I because I've had girlfriends, you know, struggling their way through college before, mm -hmm. and I've seen that like like how 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 stringent it is. A couple I, I've dated a couple girls who were um, really a, advancedly placed and um, in pretty prestigious university or two. Oxford, one one young lady was going to an MIT, another, and um, and I, and I was seeing how hard it was, and I was like, why can't you just fake a diploma? I was like, why couldn't we do that? And they're like, oh, no, they check up on that. And I was like, okay, so what do they check? Let's start there. You know, yeah, it was right? just like we got to a point where it was like, so you're telling me that if we could get, like, one person to tell a lie, then we could just skip all that college shit? <laughs> like, like <laughs> that's what it comes down to. If you get, like, one person to lie for you or if you could impersonate that one person, mm -hmm. like, you pretty much got this thing sewn up. Yeah, and, and think about the you money that, that saves. You know, like it, it, those schools, by the way, I would guess a degree costs, I'm making this up, but like 80 grand, 160 grand, you know, something like that. It's rough. I, she, I remember she was always like fighting tooth and nail to like keep not just like there was a regular scholarship that came along as long as she was like an A student, but she was like, she had to be like like top three in her class and she got a, another little bump and she was always clawing and scratching for that. Oh, God. It was so expensive. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. By the time I got to my master's, that was me like academically running full speed. You know, like it, it in high school, I could slack. And if I wanted to or worked hard, I could catch up to the class. In college, I could do that, but it was more difficult. And I could only slack so much or I wouldn't catch them, right? Imagine we're running. Those people are jogging. Yeah, I can catch a jogger. But it's not as easy as it was the walkers in high school. By the time I got to my master's, everybody was running. And if I slipped behind the, the pack, there wasn't... I had to keep running the whole time. You know, it, I, if I went for a PhD or something, I wonder if I'm smart enough. I'm not... I, I, they're actually the same courses. You just have to do the dissertation. But, um, yeah, it, it was... It was like, I, I want to say something you consider. Do you consider now going for more education? Not now. At the end of my master's, though, that that was on the list. It was like, all right, so I had not now at all. You don't consider anything like that because, you know, it, it wouldn't be a great financial burden to add a degree or to add a doctorate if you so wanted. You could be Doctor Woody. I am so 
like burnt out on school. I loathe the concept. It, not that I hate <laughs> school, but like the thought of me doing that more. Oh my God. No, 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 no. Um, I, I don't want to be in school at all right now. Like that's no, no, that sounds like the last thing I want to do. If I think anything, it'd be hilarious if you did that. If you were like, you know what? I'm going to be Dr. Woody. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> I, I just, but I want there to be some sort of miscommunication with your transcript, and you have to do it Billy Madison style and breeze <laughs> through all the elementary school in like a week and just keep going. I, I love uh, that. I, um, the, the skills that appeal to me right now are usually like on the other end of it. Like, you know, you know what? I want to step up my welding. You know what? I want to step up. Like I should learn to farm potatoes. Like that's the kind of thing Did I you, feel like doing right now, not queuing theory or whatever. Have I you it. ever, have you ever done any like extracurricular, like, like for example, like, uh, a, a cooking class, a dancing class, uh, something like those are, those are sort of the datey ones. Uh, Cause I couldn't really. It doesn't seem like people go to like workshops and learn skills like that once they're adults. They do, yeah. Like, and, and I, I've wanted to actually. Like, so uh, there was a time when I was welding a bunch for off-roading, and community college offers welding courses. And I was like, I should go there. They offer woodworking courses too, and uh, I'm like, I wonder if there's something there that I would benefit from. You know, we're gonna take. We need to take our explosives course. Yes. Yeah, the yeah. most fun course of all. <laughs> that is a great, yeah, that sounds fantastic. I bet they find a way to make it not fun. I no, bet it's all about we what we were at one. Remember, like, like that's what I think that's what was going on we, in part. That was. I don't think that's going to be our experience. So we were at one, right? We went there. They mixed the stuff. They put. They they stretched out like two hundred yards of debt cord. You could see how fast it was. They blew up a door, etc. It was cool. It was fun. I think that is the showmanship version of it. I suspect no. lots of academic work on how to transport explosives. I expect well, you know, like memorization on how thick a magazine, which for people who don't know, a magazine is kind of like a safe that holds explosives. Go it's on. It's a one-day class. <clears throat> so it's a one-day class. Is it a one-day class? Jesus yes. Christ. It's it should one be day. harder. It's, we're <laughs> it's not there... even required. This is for our benefit. <laughs> like, like this isn't... It's not required. It's just making sure we don't hurt ourselves. Like we're gonna learn. So you don't even have to do this before you start making explosives. What I understand to to file for the license and to even acquire it, one does not need to take one of these classes. I've been told that. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but I've been told that. And yet, I I definitely do want to take the class. I think mm -hmm. we're gonna learn practical stuff like you know how to wire stuff up and how to you know detonators and and C4 and such. And we're gonna blow some shit up. I, I could use some practical stuff. It, I mean, even if it's a grand. Transporting it, like, give me a hand here. You know, like, how do people store their detonators and their debt cord and stuff? So then, like, even in the case of an accident, you never mix the peanut butter and the chocolate. You know, how to, how to, like, like what kind of container should these things be in, in the back of your truck? And how does it need to be mounted? How do you store it? Hey, and when you store it, like, is you know, say humidity and issue, you know, I, I took a bunch of gun courses when I started shooting. Most of them weren't required, but I like, I'm different than Kyle. I wasn't raised like just being like around guns or hints dropped on guns. You know, I imagine you know, Kyle's father gave him a million pieces of advice over the course of raising him. Yeah. Mine gave me zero. Right. You know, I, I, and so I, taking those courses helped me a ton. I could probably use an explosive course too. 
We'll see. Yeah. I want to do some crazy shit. I want to... Um, I just remember seeing this... Uh, if you ran <clears throat> dead cord around a tree stump, won't it like, explode internally and just slice it? Yeah. It, I know you can cut trees down like that by wrapping it around the trees. Um, for a tree stump, I don't even know what would be best. If, I, that's when we're taking the class. I don't know. I know C, C4 is incredibly destructive. Um, were you there when we blew that car up with C4? No, it wasn't me. I was there to see it, but it was at uh, it was at T1G, and they put like <clears throat> yeah, they, it was was it a truck? Oh it, yeah, I was there. They put though. those thermoses I, all over it. That, yep, yep, yep. I remember they put thermos because there was a sponsor or something, right? Yeah. And so they, they, they were. It was sort of a a viral video um, type advertisement for these thermoses that were really heavy duty. And they they put the explosives in the in the vehicle. They put the thermoses all over the vehicle, like like maybe ten or twelve, and then they blew it all up. And we were a safe distance away in a bunker, watching through some glass. And I mean, they blew the fuck out of this car. You've probably seen me blow up cars on my show, and I kind of blow the car in half. Like you know, the front half is separated from the from the back, and you know, the roof's gone, and the doors are gone, but most of the car is still there. This car was. There were large pieces of it that just were no more. Yeah, and, yeah. And you'd like you could. It wasn't gone, gone like vaporized, but you'd be like, ah, oh, you know, like here's where a tire landed, or here's where the grill is. But yeah, you know, it, we had to look hard to find one of those thermoses that was still intact, and they could they could be like, yeah, it survived because like ninety five percent of them, just like any device, were just destroyed. It was, uh, it, if I remember correctly, it was two or three pounds of C4, and then like a few more pounds. Oh, dynamite! Yeah, it was like five pounds of dynamite and two pounds of C4, um, and it was detonated with the deck cord. Uh, it was super powerful. That there was. They told I remember me shook the glass so much I dropped my camera phone. <laughs> deck cord is like a fuse, and they told me it was fast. I didn't realize it, and I'm, I'm exaggerating here, but it to watch it, it feels like it's going at the speed of light. If Seven you, miles per second, I think. If you were to lay debt cord in a circle around a football field, I don't think it would look like it all went up at the same time. It could just be like, like you wouldn't be able to see it travel. It goes seven miles a second? Yeah, let me confirm that. It's something crazy fast like well, that. I want to see a cool video of this then. Oh, do you? Because <laughs> Richard Ryan... Does that shit for a living? <laughs> All right, link me to a, a good one of deck cord stuff. Here you go. How to tap a beer keg with deck cord? Let me. It's, it's a five-minute video, or I could skip to the part where he actually does the thing. What would you like? Is is Richard Ryan in full mag too? Oh, let's just um, skip to the part that's good. Yeah, he owns it. Okay, good. Because either that or someone stole his video. Yeah, I would say this is like some uh, content that he made just for them. So I've got a good one. Is it the tapping the beer keg? It's 500 feet of debt cord. Okay. So I gave you a link with a timestamp. So when you get to 104... And this is yep. good, because Rich and Ryan definitely will not sue me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys ready? Yes. Ready, yep. set, play. 
So it, that was the instant version. And here it is in slow-mo, it actually travels. Going underwater. Oh, it's cool how it can go underwater. What are you doing? Ah, oh, shit. I hit a button and ruined it. Can you guys pause and tell me what second you're on? 126. 127. Alright, ready, set, play. Very cool. So what is deck cord? What's it for? It's used as a fuse sometimes, and it's also used as a cutting tool sometimes. It's uh, it looks like rope, but it's uh, and it and it and for all intents and purposes, it is rope. It's you know it's coiled. It's a rope, but in, it's explosive. And um, when it explodes, it does it very quickly. I've, there's another one here. Let me see if I can. Do the time stampy thing. No, I'm, you're gonna have to do your own. <laughs> go to like, just go to like two minutes and thirty seconds in this one. He's tapping a beer keg. Did, oh, there it is. And just let me know when you're at two. Two minutes and thirty seconds. Two thirty. Yes, sir. Right. Three. I two. am on my way. Okay. You there? I'm ready. Three, two, one, play. So that's a so it's regular... instant in real time. It's also instant in real time. Okay, I've got real time covered. <laughs> Here we. It's instant in slow mo, right? He's gonna slow it down some more. Yeah, I know. I'm sure he's got another camera. Cost 150 grand that slows it down even more. Maybe. I, it's hard to say. 2013 was a while ago. I know now he would. <clears throat> Do you have any of this stuff, Kyle? No, that's what that's what I was getting at. Like, like we we need to take the class, and then we're. I want an explosives license. And then yes, I will have this. Uh, oh, that's really cool. Ah, there, there you go. Three thirty. You see how it's um, this video is not very tall at all. The the super high speed mm -hmm. cameras are capable of going slower when you've got less in the image. So he just cuts off the top and bottom so that he can run extra slow. Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> Yeah, that's yeah. really cool shit. Like um, in 1080, he'll be able to do maybe 960 frames per second, but in 1080 by 100, instead of 1080 by like whatever it is, 1290 or something. He cut it right in half. <clears throat> Puncturing holes in the bottom of it there, out the top, as it's, as it's bending the, the metal inward. It uh, takes and sling some of this stuff through. This is a cool channel. I'm going to spend some time fucking around on here. Yeah. Richard should totally come by and help me remove some tree stumps. <laughs> he can do that. I'm sure. He lives. Uh, he lives in Tennessee. Hmm. That's not too far. Well, I guess he's in. He goes back and forth. Hmm. Yeah. When I see him, a lot of times he's in this like desert climate mm -hmm. when he does his thing. <sighs> so what do we got here? 
Oh, did you see? Dude, uh, this is one I, I ran across it a couple, maybe like two weeks ago. Disturbing video shows court officer sexually assaulting arresting mother and the judge does nothing. Oh, yeah, that's old. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's crazy, though. It, it, it like basically like he it the title says sexually assaulting he i guess he patted her down and gave her maybe some sort of bonus treatment it wasn't like he stuck his dick in her mouth or something but she felt <laughs> bonus treatment well hopefully not the, the bonus it's treatment not being not... yeah a little I extra pat a little down bonus treatment you know so <laughs> You know, she was asking for it. Go, uh, <laughs> no, cherry it's not. on top, if you know what I mean. Did not she incredibly have to strip naked? Just a little Do you guys want to watch this? Let's watch this. I'm curious. We, we've talked okay, about it now. It. We've peaked interest. Oh, wait. I haven't linked it to you yet. All right. So check this out. Uh, tell me when you're ready. I am. Three, two, one. At what one. time? Uh, we're going to start at zero. All right. Three, two, one, play. All right. Multiple employees and managers at the Clark County Family Court are under investigation for allegedly no covering up a sexual test. assault by a court-martial. <laughs> yeah, that looks like a better video. This <laughs> one's not bad. You have to see the pleading her. She later was arrested by that same... Kyle, you want to abandon this video before. for the note pants? <laughs> Come on, stick with it. Internal affairs investigation is revealing much All right, we'll stick. Family court. Well, Dave, it's not just one single case. There's multiple marshals involved and allegations ranging from sexual assaults to choking a citizen in court this investigation begins Hang with a 2011 video we've uncovered i like this guy family court marshals what nathan's doing tonight because <laughs> she claimed one of them sexually assaulted her a warning i'll be holding a revolver in his sweaty hand so while he cries big watch watch watch, watch. <laughs> all right thank you okay. monica Contreras came to family court with her two-year-old daughter she was in court for only a few minutes on a routine divorce case according to internal court documents reviewed by the i-team Family court martial Ron Fox ordered Contreras into a waiting room by herself for an unexplainable drug search. Contreras says Marshal Fox touched her buttocks, breast, and ordered her to lift up her shirt. Bonus later, treatment. internal investigation validated her claims. Contreras went right back into the same courtroom to tell hearing master Patricia Doninger her requests to have a female marshal searcher were ignored. I think I'd rather have a female here. Anyone in here? <laughs> So he did, like, she was in for some routine, short little divorce thing. Contreras pleads as Marshal James Kenyon begins to arrest her. Or what, sir? Hold on. Okay, why would I be arrested? Can you please tell me? Turn around, put your hands behind your back. Can you please tell me? Turn around, put your hands behind your back. Because of false allegations made against the police officers, so. What? We looked and could find no law supporting that arrest, let alone any law allowing an alleged sexual assault victim to be arrested by the alleged assaulter. Jimmy, I got court. I stopped to do this, so arrest her. I take the kid. We're done. Why would you do that? He's taking her kid away now. After repeated attempts by Marshall, I don't even understand what's happening. To All right, we're gonna pause. Ready, set, pause. Set, pause. All right. So, so she went to court. She was there for a divorce case. And then had to get searched. 
right, some so dude was looking in her purse, and then some other dude made her take her shirt off or something. She's in there for some sort of routine divorce case, you know. It, 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 was, it was only a few minutes in front of the judge. And then inexplicably, unexplainably, I don't know, he, they, that guy in the yellow shirt takes her in the back room privately, just him and her alone, and he has her, like, disrobe, and he does a drug check on her, and he's checking her for drugs. And, uh... I guess, like, during it somehow, he pops out and she's like, you know, I'm really uncomfortable with this. I'd rather have a female officer do this. And uh, it doesn't go down like that. He checks out her boobs and lifts her shirt and does some sort of drug check. I don't know what state of undress she had to get into for that. But she felt sexually assaulted. And, and as you know, usually guys don't do girls and girls don't do guys. So now she's coming out and saying, hey, like, what was this? You know, and it, I'm uncomfortable with this. And he's like, all right, either you change your story or I'm going to arrest you and take your kid away. So here we go. Ready, set, play. Let me, let me go. It was all lies. I don't want to tell anything. It was all lies. All lies. All lies. All lies. Please stop. We can do this the easy way. We can do this to her. Marshall Fox tells Contreras the only way she can avoid jail is to step up to the microphone and recant. Contreras agrees, but does the opposite. When you asked me to lift up my shirt without it, without a witness. Okay. You asked me to lift. You asked me to lift up my shirt without a witness. For four minutes, Contreras pleaded to hearing master Patricia Doninger to hear her. Doninger didn't look at the alleged sexual assault victim, deciding instead to play with Contreras's daughter. How could you do this to me? How That's could you watch? Pretty shitty group of law upholders. Contreras' <laughs> two-year-old daughter confronts the marshals arresting her mother. Oh, no. uh, he said, can you please pull the picture without a witness? And I said, I don't think that's a good idea. Yes, I do. Yes. Contreras kisses her daughter before being sent to jail. Her young daughter sent to Child Haven. Two months later, Contreras filed a complaint with court martial internal affairs. Sources tell the I team investigators were shocked. They never heard of the alleged courthouse sexual assault from family court lieutenant Steve Rushfield. After a six month internal affairs investigation, Marshal Ron Fox was fired. Nobody from Clark County told Monica Contreras that she found out because we found her. Contreras asked that we blur her face. I just hope I did the right thing by telling Eternal Affairs. It makes me feel good because now I know that I was right. We went to the top of Clark County Court Administration. They released a statement reading, Court personnel are prohibited from commenting on the video because it's a personnel matter. When the actions of any district court employee are called into question, the court immediately responds by conducting a fair, thorough investigation and upon completion, taking appropriate action. Even though Marshall Fox was fired, sources tell the I team Clark County is widening its investigation into why this incident and a growing number of assault allegations were never reported by family court management to internal affairs. Marshall Ron Fox maintains his innocence and is suing Clark County for wrongful termination. His attorney declined an on-camera interview, but in court filings claims the Marshall's arrest was just because nobody in the courtroom tried to stop him. We have the entire six-minute courtroom video. That's on our website. It's hard to watch, especially the little girl. Yeah. It's, uh, and the judge is not culpable in any way in this. Well, uh, she is under investigation. Okay. A lot of people are under investigation, so we're going to be following oh, the story. I guess so. All right. Thanks a lot. I told you it was worth watching. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, well, that's just, a, that's just sad. <laughs>
Uh, so it is a couple of years ago. There's kind of a, an, here, I need to know about Ron Fox. But I know what happened to her. She sued the court, and um, she got $200,000 for her issue. Oh, nice. So it all worked out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure Ron Fox is fine. He's the, the cop that did it. Um, shucks, I'm, I'm looking for it. Oh, School of Physics. I'm searching. I need to be sure. He's mentioned in Above the Law. I know the judge is fine. And he won the right to sue in this thing. I'd have to look the it up. The judge was just looking away intentionally. That was yeah, the worst. Too. When she was playing with the kid with the doll. Yeah. It's like, the... yeah, yeah, at least pretend. <laughs> at least pretend to be doing a job. You know there are cameras about. Like, what, what was she thinking? Like, oh, and there's this lady freaking out, and I'm just holding the stuffed bear with her child. Kind of just doing my own thing. Yeah, that was crazy. <sighs> what, a, what, a, what a downer, Woody. <laughs> so Ron Fox is suing. For his yeah. job back and all his back pay. Well, let's hope that he gets hit by a car instead. That was pretty shitty. I, I wonder what his... <sighs> See, I can almost forgive the quote-unquote sexual assault. In my head, anyway. Like, I don't know why he was patting her down if he had some suspicion. or like <sighs> As much as I think many cops are douchebags, you know, I, I don't think everything they do is always just some attempt to be a dick. You know, did did he spot her, say she was hot and, and wanted to check out her boobs? Like, I, I give him a little more credit than that. But the whole, like, he started getting defensive and he's like, I'm going to arrest you for false allegations against an officer. And, you know, unless you come up to this mic and start telling everyone everything you just said was a lie or sign this paper. Like, suddenly he's like, he did it right. I, like, Does anyone think he's innocent? Does anyone think that what she said happened didn't happen? So, so the, his knee-jerk reaction of getting her to recant her story or take her from her baby, that was ridiculous. And the judge who let it all happen, that was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, they should all lose their jobs. They should all be in trouble. Yeah, yeah seems like a bad way to handle it. And you it just who makes you look guilty. You know, some they always talk about the horrible things Saudi Arabia does to people, but I feel like they make sure that everybody involved gets punished one way or another. Maybe <laughs> we need a little bit of Saudi Arabian justice. That... That one poor guy that they sentenced to, sentenced to 10,000 lashes? <laughs> like, that's horrible. His wife is like, we don't think he's going to survive the next round of lashings. 10,000? 10,000. It, it, it was like a it was like 100 a week for like, or it was something crazy like that. And like, after like the first lashing, like he 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 was like bedridden, and after the second one, like he's almost dead. And his wife is like, "We don't think he's gonna make it through the third one." It's 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 real, and he did something pretty menial. Like, like Saudi Arabia is a scary place, but I bet they would have done something awful to that judge. Saudi Arabia are good people. They have our oil. <laughs> they have the oil we need. Leave them alone. They're fantastic. seventy two, and they're selling it very cheap right now. They are seventy two a gallon today. Really? They're I'm flooding at 219 the and I'm What is going on with that? When is this going to end? Woody, tell me. How Soon. much longer do we have? Soon. Put your money in oil. You'll make a bundle. It won't last. It's artificially low. No one, no one even under... Like, everyone in the business is like, I don't know why it sank this much. It doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Uh, I, 
I don't know. Of course, I'm not actually doing it. Never take advice from someone who's still working. But uh, why don't you experiment a little? Why don't you take a little, a uh, little Woody, Woody, Woody fund and uh, and make a little experimental venture into oil for six months and then just pull it out? I, I bet that would do quite well. I bet Chiz would be happy to facilitate that for you a hundred percent. He. He could. He, I bet he would take like a standard like two percent broker's fee. Like he just handle everything and then he return you some some money at a, at a word. You could make that happen. <laughs> it it would take a while just to give him. Well, he would need like power of attorney or something to make all my trades for me. I don't know. But um, uh, I'm sure he's got those papers drawn up already. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he's, he's halfway there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he watches the show too, but um. Yeah, I, I oil. It, uh, basically, they're keeping supply high, and uh, you know demand hasn't matched it, and you know the cars are getting more fuel efficient and price dropped. But I don't know why it dropped this much, and it'll go right back. You know, I'm liking. It. I feel like it's time for a fucking road trip. I feel like it's time to to mm. you know do a couple thousand miles and and Woody's new truck. You know what we should do? Why don't we rent Harley's and go somewhere? Like just huh. rent Harley's and and like drive the Appalachian Mountains up to Maine or something. Well, I, don't know. I, I don't have any motorcycle riding experience, so you I grew might... up on ATVs. You're fine. All the better. With <laughs> can't be harder wheels. than like water rafting or turtles. Four wheels, not never two. I forgot how little bicycle experience you have. Yeah, because it's we don't have asphalt. Right, like if, for people who don't know, you can picture Kyle grew up in an area that had lots of grass. And then, like, roads where cars went 50 miles an hour. It, it wasn't yeah. bicycle neighborhoods. Like, like I grew all. up in little suburbs where there were sidewalks and mailboxes. And I guess you had I mean, mailboxes. I can ride a bike. I, I, right. I mean, I, I've ridden bikes before, but I've never ridden a motorcycle. It wasn't like certainly... you rode a bike every day to school for two decades. No, <laughs> yeah. no, nothing like that. And I've never ridden a motorcycle, really. And I don't think I this. should. I don't hmm. think that's a good idea, quite frankly. It sounds like a blast. All but, right, uh, picture I, this. I motorcycle. Well, then let Woody get the motorcycle and you get something else. What do you side want, car. ideally, on your He will get the sidecar of my motorcycle. <laughs> so you have to dress up like the people in the... Uh, <laughs> put the goggles movie. on and the helmet. Absolutely not. <laughs> the goggles and everything. Fuck that. You're not putting me in there like some sort of fucking cartoon villain sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> That's absurd. Um, I, I don't know what I would want. Um, you know, I, maybe one of those three-wheeler motorcycle things. Mm. Uh, something like that. I don't know. Um, I want to do something, though. I want to get... To, this summer, for sure, I want to do something cool. I wanna, Lots of things. I want to go somewhere and, like, I don't know, kill some kind of an animal or, like, climb into a... Go, like, spelunking into a cave or, like... Uh, like like killing a, a wild pig with a lance, or uh, uh, like jumping out of a helicopter or something like that. One of the, I want to do some of that stuff this year. Sounds good. Hmm. Yeah, we never I've did the hell of hunting hunting thing. I I ta I ta um I mentioned that to Kitty the other day. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, that was part of the reason I got my hunting license. We thought that yeah. might be necessary. I want to do that very much. I really want to do it with a lance too. Like that's always been my dream to have a spear, like a legit spear, and 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 have dogs and like you know the dog, you and the dogs find the pig and they hold him down and then you fight him with a fucking spear. What if we just 
hang you with like 50 feet of rope from the bottom of a helicopter and you'll just swing around like an out of control <laughs> pendulum trying to stab <laughs> pigs as the, as the helicopter. I want a battle axe in that case. <laughs> <laughs> like, is he swinging dangerously fast and close to the tree line? He accidentally drags <laughs> you across the prairie. <laughs> I've 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 been <laughs> swung under a helicopter before. That's the most fun I've ever had. That's the coolest thing I've ever done is being swung underneath a helicopter by a rope. That that's really fucking fun. It feels like flying. Um, so yeah, I totally that. do that. I think I, I actually think I recommended that at one point that I be like suspended from a rope and they get they like you know get me near the pig flying and like get me like right over it and I shoot it. Like I thought that would be pretty hardcore. <laughs> Blood like, splatter like, on your goggles. Like, yeah, yeah, like six feet away, just flying, you know, suspended like Superman style on the harness. So I'm, um, you know, like that would be that would be pretty crazy. Can you eat them, or do they have like bugs in them, even when they're alive? Right, so or... You get you get varying uh, reports, but here is my experience. They always told me that you couldn't because there were issues with parasites and stuff. But all you had to do is cook that out of the meat. So that seems like bullshit to me. Um, I know you wouldn't want to handle it and butcher it because you could. It's got some like parasites on the outside that could get on you, like ticks and stuff, and fleas and and shit like that. However, I went on one pig hunting trip once, and there was this wild man. I don't remember his YouTube channel, but that was a thing he did. And and long story short, he didn't sleep for like three days. Like while we slept, like he would go crawling out in the bush on his hands and knees under these these thick briars to where the pigs slept with his glock until he smelled them and he'd follow the smell to where they were wallowing in, in the daytime and he'd come upon them and just ka 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 fucking gun down one of these little piglets with a fucking nine millimeter and he drug it back out butchered it in the backyard and cooked it on a hubcap he used pickled <laughs> he made a he made a brine out of pickle juice and barbecued it right there and then cut a hunk of it off and offered it to me. Did it you was, eat it? Oh, yeah. It was surreal. Was you it good? It. It was I imagine it's good. Hubcap smokiness. No, it had pickle juice. It was. It tasted like pickle juice, but it was pork. It was like barbecue, but pickle juice tasting. It was kind of sour. Oh, no, that it doesn't was, sound good. It was tender. It was okay. You know, it was. It wasn't. I, I didn't want a plate full, but I was like, yeah, I just ate this pig you killed in the bushes over there. Uh, With but, a guy like that, you don't know if pickle juice pork is a recipe or if that's the only thing he had to accompany the pork that he just shot. That was the case. He told me, no, it's supposed to be vinegar, but he he informed me he didn't have any vinegar, <laughs> so it was pickle juice. You have to keep in mind that like, it was in this old farmhouse out in the middle of Texas, 50 miles from anything. And, like, they didn't even have running water. They had, like, it was gravity-fed. There was, like, a windmill that had to be spinning to, like, send the, the water downhill to the shower. And then it was just a trickle. And I was, like, so dirty and grimy and sweaty. And I opened this cabinet up to look for shampoos to take this cold water shower with. And there were many bottle shampoos, like a dozen of them, that looked like some of them were from the early 90s. And I was just like, nope, fuck it, nope. I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. Scott, let's go. And Scott and I get in the fucking truck, leave my dad and my friend in the farmhouse. We went 50 miles down the road and got a motel room that we stayed in. I wasn't staying in that shithole with the, with the fucking pickle juice barbecue and the creepy noises at night. Guys running around with night vision and semi-automatic 308s. It was just... I didn't need that. It was, a, it was an intense weekend. <coughs> we killed a lot of pigs, but it was it was more of like a stalk and wait kind of thing, or uh, ambush type situation. 
we we just sat in lawn chairs basically at the top of a hill and uh, there was a feeder at the bottom of the hill and we had these red flashlights on our guns and pigs can't see red so when you hit it with it their their eyes glow but they don't see the light apparently that so they're they're unaware of it so we just hit them with the fucking red lights and light them up and i've got a PWS 308 semi-automatic rifle with a fucking nice ACOG scope on it. My cousin's got a bolt action that he's really good with. And we just fucking open up. We killed three or four, you know, like like just headshots left and right. But we couldn't really get the slaughter going that you can for a helicopter. They're, it's just a real blood fest when you're, when you're flying around above them. It's like numb. Like, they really can't get away. Like... <laughs> Did no, you kill just... the babies too, and 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 rape the girl pigs to to complete the Vietnam experience? Scott <laughs> shot a piglet right in the head with a two seventy from there you 200 go. fucking yards away, just based on the glow of its eyes. It was pretty hardcore. It went through its ear. It was it was pretty crazy. Um, Bob Dylan would be writing songs I, about normally Scott. I was aiming for the big ones, but um, but you know it's kind of one of those things where they're like considered like cockroaches there because of the they're you know they're they're a, Alien species that fuck shit up in Texas Did, so, agriculturally. And there's ahead. a YouTuber I watch, one lonely farmer, and uh, he's a farmer from New Jersey, and I'm sure it smells wonderful there. Anyway, I was asking him how he chooses which crops to grow where, and it was all based on deer. He's like, if the deer's really bad, it's straight up hay. If the deer's okay, then I might do corn, and if the deer's um, not bad at all. He does legumes, if I did that right, or soy, or whatever it was. And uh, he's like, I shouldn't even be basing this decision on deer. But it's all about the deer. That's the only reason he chooses what to plant in each crop. And it was like, damn, deer's a big deal. And uh, I, go on. I think in New Jersey uh, in particular, I hear a lot. I don't know what's going on in, in New Jersey where they can't get rid of the deer, but like... You guys have a real problem with that. I've seen like two or three documentaries about the deer issues in New Jersey. Yeah. Like the overpopulation, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's not a... Maybe they're not as hunter-friendly or something, and I can see why the, the... I mean, when I think of Jersey, you probably don't, but I think of grass and trees and things that deers would like, and they sure seem to like his crops. So, hmm. but it was interesting. I was surprised that, like, I would have thought that he chose to grow stuff based on local need or what he thought was going to be hot that year, etc. But it's all about what the deer will let him have. Okay. Well, so, I'll um, Kitty's at Shot Show right now. I'll uh, I'll send her a, a text and and because all those helicopter hunting people are there now, like it'd be easy to get in touch with them in person and and, and hash something out maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, I really do want to do that. It it was it was a lot of fun the first time I did it. I liked it a lot. It was you know it's fun to be in the helicopter for one thing. If you've never been in a small helicopter, it's exhilarating. Like it's 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 like a sports it's the sports car I suppose of helicopters. It it makes really sharp turns and then it can go like it can hover very easily and you can you know you can be traveling at walk at, at like human walking distance three feet above the soybean patch. So that you know, you can just see every. You could see like hog tracks if you needed to, and then all of a sudden he can gain 50 feet of altitude, have you going 45 miles an hour, like nose down, and you're on the chase. And and at the drop of a hat, he can fly sideways. So because it's a fucking helicopter, it's not a plane. He can fly sideways so that you're shooting out the door, 
but you're moving in this direction ahead of the pig. So the pig's running toward you, and then, of course, the pig's like, it tries to stop and change direction, and there's that moment where he's not moving anymore, and he's trying to, like, get going again, and you're just like, and, you know, you can arm yourself however you want. So, like, I had an ACR with a 100-round beta magazine on it. It just, you can have, it's a lot of fun. So I've done all the helicopter stuff you're talking about, not while shooting hogs. And uh, God, it, like we talk about traveling stuff, and for me, it's all about the damn air sickness. Like as you're describing this, I'm gonna. How long is it? How long do you do this for? <laughs> um. So the way we were doing it, it was a. It was like a. There were like four or five of us there doing mm-hmm. it. Um. So that we kind of took turns, and I don't know. I guess my little turn was like 20 minutes or something like that. I could do that. Yeah, like the last time I was in a helicopter, we did a tour around Hawaii. And Dramamine uh, doesn't help. No, it doesn't do shit for well, me. I, all right, so here's what you got to do. If we do this thing, legitimately, you got to go to a doctor and you got to ask for something for motion sickness because that's a I good feel idea. Like, I feel like more than like m- most likely, we're going to be in a helicopter if we do something like this, where like it's a, a video sponsored video kind of thing. Because I'd do a video for Russia probably and. A, and, uh, you know, some sort of PK adventure video for Kyle. And, you know, I'm sure you do some videos. And right. We'll be talking about it a lot. So it's one of those things where, like, they're going to want to see a lot of content. They probably, it might give us, like, two or three days of flying. Like, we might but be in helicopters for what People want to travel. Hours. And all my travel thoughts are punctuated with, like, I've gotten to the point now where I get sick on a plane maybe, like, one in three or four times. Which means, by the way, if you go there and back, there's a good chance I'm vomiting on the plane. Wait, it just sucks. a regular plane? Just yeah. a regular... Yeah, like airliners or something. Like you take oh, that California. sucks. Oh, it's awful. It would be entertaining, though, to see <laughs> a video. I, can do, I don't do my... I'm often exhausted, and I think that's part of it. Uh, flying first class, I've never been sick in first class. That might be, you know, maybe I should just cough up the bucks. I'm kind of cheap. Um, but it's expensive first class. Um, but It's I, so worth it to get... It's just you, because I've oftentimes it would just be Kitty and myself flying. So I know the person I'm with. You know, we're talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, we we'll watch the same movie. We'll we'll you know we're, we eat our meal together. It's a great experience. Sometimes Versus I go coach. for it. I did, dude. One time I went for it out of I forget why, but whatever it was, uh, I was still working at Cisco, and we had a stopover in Texas, and I was in first class, and it just so happened that my boss also had a stopover in Texas and we had the same flight home and it was like a coming of age moment when he walked past me into coach (laughs) I just just sat there in first class as he went by it was like ah (laughs) welcome to the new order at tool that's funny (laughs) I uh I I don't mind coach if it's like a two-hour flight or something um because it's not a big deal it's just you know two hours is not a big deal but I get my back starts hurting in that thing after about three hours. I really need to. And the I price really is proportionate. To... You know, if you're just flying for an hour, it costs like seventy-five bucks to go to first class. If you're going across the country, it costs like seven thousand. I'm sorry, it costs seven hundred and fifty bucks to to go into first class. And it's like you know, you get yeah, more value out of it. Somewhere between. You're right. It's five to seven hundred, something like that. You get a good deal and end up in the low sixes and their high fives pretty easily, I think. But like it's it it is it is more expensive. It's almost double, um, but it's so worth it. I love it so much. They give you the hot towel and all the oh, free yeah. booze you want, and the, like, you know the I peanuts think, you get in coach. 
they're warm cashews in first class. <laughs> you might know them. You're like, these were heated cashews. <laughs> you get your own little bathroom that only yourself and like 15 other people are going to use. Right, right. Um, you know, you, you get served first. Um, you got I've never flown first class before. The, Sounds wonderful. The, There's a TV with like basically it's basically got cable on it, and uh, as well as like I don't know eight night eight recently release movies on it you can watch the staff is is better right like the people that help you and coach help you like disdainfully in first class they love you <laughs> right they do they're just like kissing your ass and by the way there's like two people for the 200 people in the back and then there's two more people for the 15 up front and the ratio is just incredible and you know, like, that is a thing in, in planes that nobody talks about is how much you feel like you're just lower than dirt when you deal with most stewardesses or helpers, whatever they want to be called now. Just asking, like, when I get a soda, like, I don't want their cup and their ice and their ah, napkin. can I help you with this? Just give me a can of, of the soda. Just give, just give me the one thing I can drink. And, and they act like you're asking to just just steal their inheritance. No. It's like, <laughs> I want a, a can of soda. Treat so I, I've suffered from the same problem before because I want it. I don't want it watered down. I want a can of Coke. What you have to order is a can of Coke. If you say it like that, then they will bring you a can of Coke. But if you order a Coke or a Diet Coke or whatever, they'll bring they'll bring that little fucking plastic cup out that's like six ounces. And Where you get your four ounces of soda and the shitty ice with the hole in it that melts super fast and ruins yeah. whatever beverage it's in. And then they disappear with the good part of the soda, the part that you would prefer to have in that situation now that they've been split in two. You'd rather have the half-full can that's delicious and syrupy than this watered-down <laughs> cup that's going to freeze your hand off and then it's just going to be a plastic cup of ice that's going to chatter to the floor and embarrass you in front and of And you have family. to leave it there on your little tray. So it's like, oh, thank you. You've given me a, a jingly little errand, a little thing to watch, <laughs> to deal with now. So thank you. You, gotta, you, you absolutely have to say, I'd like a can of Coke. And if I'm, what I'll usually order is I'll order a double Jack and Coke, and can I get the can and mix it myself? That way I get two bottles of Jack Daniels and a can of Coca-Cola, and I handle that however I'd like from then on out. I could drink that, that Jack Daniels the later that night. Sometimes it comes in handy if the bar is closed to have a couple bottles. I'll usually try to get six bottles during the flight and just hang on to those. I do not drink and fly. That would just make it worse. You think I, so? I tried it one time. <laughs> now, I might have screwed it up. How'd they like, go? Well, what I heard, the story I heard was I, I knew someone who used to drink wine and it sort of like eased him up and it would help him go to sleep or whatever. And that was just how he relaxed, took it down a notch after work. And to me, alcohol is alcohol. I, so I guess or thought. And uh, this guy offered to take me to the Admirals Club and uh, he had like free tickets for beer. So cool. I had... I don't know if it was one beer or two beers, but it certainly wasn't more than two beers. And, uh, God, oh my, I vomited <laughs> for like the next five hours from, uh, Denver to Philadelphia. It was terrible. <laughs> it was so, on two beers. I, um, yeah, it was, if awful. I'm going to drink on the flight, uh, then, then it's usually just one drink. I was talking about getting those bottles, but I keep those bottles. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm accumulating liquor. If I'm, but I'm actually going to drink on the flight. I'll get a Bloody Mary, and uh, and that's usually that that usually won't upset my stomach no matter what. And one, I feel like even with because the altitude, it's amplified. It feels 
So like one Bloody Mary puts you in a real smooth uh, situation about the time you get to 30,000 feet. I feel like I should not risk it. Like if I had a Bloody Mary, I would just be vomiting tomato juice. Yeah, if you're gonna drink, if you're gonna encourage Woody to drink something on a plane, don't encourage him to drink the most potentially damaging drink to everyone <laughs> around him. Like, no, I should have a ginger ale. That's my drink. That's, Maybe that's, so. That's where I belong. It's dreadful. I don't even want to travel anymore. You know, like to some people, traveling is compensation. To me, traveling is work for which I need to be compensated or it's not worth it. You've got to go to the doctor and get something for the nausea and then it wouldn't bother you. That sounds awful. I've never had anything. I've I've never been plane sick once. And it's not my fault. It's not like, you know, what do you need to train harder and lift some weights and handle this air sickness issue of yours? Like that, there's nothing I should be doing. Maybe, maybe coming into it more rested, but I, I, uh, that, that time we all went to Killington. Um, I don't remember exactly the nature of the, the flights were ridiculous for me to get there. So I flew from Atlanta to Boston, spent a night in Boston, and then the idea was to fly from like Boston all the way to Killington, I think. Yeah, yeah. But and, and we went in this very small plane. The, it, it, it. I was the co-pilot, uh, literally. <laughs> like I was sitting in the co-pilot seat. I was holding the flight log, and he was like, "Hold it right there," so I could see it. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this. <laughs> This guy is for real. The luggage in the wings. He asked me how much I weighed before I took that seat. I was the heaviest on the flight. And, like, he arranged the rest of the passengers by weight. You know, he wanted the weight up front, and, you know, the little people were in the back. We hit a, an ice storm flying into Killington, and it was so bad that it was like something out of the movies, the amount of shit that was coming at the windshield of this plane. We were using instruments only, and we were gaining and losing, like, 30 to 50 feet of altitude in as little as a second. It was like, woo, 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 woo. It was so much so that I had to take my left hand and reach under my seat and hold it and, like, pull up like I was riding a horse. Like, I was literally, like, like riding my seat like a fucking cowboy. And, like, I honestly was loving it. I, it was, I, I was laughing. I was, like, hooting and hollering. Like, me and the pilot were having a good time. I was like, this is crazy. I was like... Does this ever happen? I was like, is this rare? He's like, this is some real shit, man. This is some real <laughs> shit, man. He's like, and I hear them yelling in the back about something. I turn around, and Kitty's uh, cousin, JJ, he, he looks green. I look, and apparently he has to piss so bad that he needs a bag. He's got a piss in a bag, and he needs another bag to vomit in because he's definitely going to vomit. So he's back there vomiting in one bag and pissing in another <laughs> oh. in this close quarters with these strangers. <laughs> and it's just, I have a friend just laughing my ass off, having the best time ever. And he tries to come in, and the turbulence gets so bad that the wings are twerking. They're doing stuff. Like, they're bending and shaking, and I can see them because, like, I mean, I'm, the, I'm literally the co-pilot. When I look out, the wing is right there, and every time it flexes or bends or torques, I see it, and it's doing it a lot more than you would think. And the guy finally is like, nah, we can't take it down. We gotta pull up. We gotta go back to like somewhere else. Like We circled the airport for like 10 minutes. We couldn't take it much longer, so we, he landed us like three fucking hours drive away in like Burlington, Vermont or some shit. We had to call a limo service to drive us to the place from there. And, oh, that must uh, have been horrible. It was the worst. It was $350 limo ride. Uh, just, it was better than... You know, was it, was it nice a limo or was it a van they called a limo? 
It was actually like a Tux nice limo service. It was a nice Chevy SUV, like a, like okay, a Tahoe. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, Like, not nice. the biggest one, but like, uh, you know. That trip, I so the flight that you took that was all bumpy, for me, it just never took off. They canceled it. So I, I rented that, like, Toyota Yaris or something and drove from Boston to Killington through the snow, and it, it didn't work. And I got there. What Was it an Echo? Was that what you had, a Toyota Echo? Uh, it might have been. I don't know my tiny Toyotas that well. Let it was me, smaller than a Corolla. Me, let me do a search real quick. I, I think it was, it was a Toyota a... Echo. I'm going to search for Yaris. Uh, All right, it... so I'll, I'll I'll give you my link. Yeah, and I'll I'll give you mine. It was it was sort of a blizzard. Uh, like like I got no snow experience whatsoever. I I had seen I think 5 inches before maybe. And it could have been like, either of these, right? Yeah. So this is an echo. The front of yours looks more. I I think this I, may have been it. I think it, it might was have very, been the Yaris. It was a very tiny shit shitty car, and <laughs> it was like a blizzard on top of this mountain. And Woody is late. Everyone's late actually. Epic meal time hasn't made it yet. Woody hasn't made it yet, and I'm the one who had to take the three and a half hour cab ride in. So it's just like, what the fuck's happening here? And then here comes Woody in this piece of shit car <laughs> up this like hill and the tires are spinning at about 50 miles an hour and the car is moving at about 20 miles an hour <laughs> dude there were parts where you could have walked faster like, like i did <laughs> yeah it was so bad it couldn't do anything like it, it couldn't even get around the parking lot at the ski lodge and stuff it was yeah. I decided that I, I we raced. We kind of we raced in a circle around the lodge to try to find you some parking. And I was just as fast on foot as this car was in the ice and snow. It was, it it was, was it unacceptable. It was, it was awful. <laughs> awful. I was on a plane ride. You know, remember I said that guy he, he gave me the um, the beer tickets like at the Admirals Club. The reason why is we kind of bonded on the flight before. It was just a little thing from like Santa Barbara to L.A. or something like that along the coast tiny plane like you mentioned and i hadn't been i was young i hadn't been on a tiny plane like that before like you know a super small one so it had created the, the pilot was like you know fasten your seat belts we're gonna have some turbulence and then there was a lot of turbulence like i remember in particular a woman's purse had hit the ceiling during the per turbulence and uh and things were just like bouncing all over the place and everything like people were like battening down the hatches and stuff and I looked at him, having not been on small planes, um, and he he just had this vibe about him, like he traveled 150,000 miles a year. You know, this guy just, he traveled a lot. And I'm like, is this normal? And he's like, no. no <laughs> this is not normal. And when we landed there, like, everyone had, like, a great relief. You know, the six people are clapping. And, uh, you know, and... and that was so at, when we went to the like our stopovers and stuff, we hung out at the Admirals Club. I don't know how many miles I've got, but I, I know I've got like the uh, the silver Delta silver medallion or something like that from my travel. So I've flown a lot. Ooh. I, I've <laughs> <laughs> all the wow, Delta silver? silver and What's gold medallion passengers. Please That'd come to the front silver. of the board. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a silver medallion passenger, but but the silver medallion passengers little usually load up after the first class passengers. So <laughs> they like, do. Do you give shit to the bronze members? Like you think you know? 
You think you well, know Delta? Well, I don't think there is a bronze. I give shit. Technically, I give shit to the bronze, silver, gold, and diamond uh, members because I've usually got a first-class ticket. Because if I'm flying, mm. it's because I got to go somewhere far anyway, and I, I usually pay the extra three hundred bucks. You can suck it because I have a special needs kid. We board first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, before true. first class. Oh, yeah. What do you It's talking about if you need any extra assistant wheelchairs and, and hmm. those who need extra. I fly with fucking Kitty, so you could double suck it. <laughs> 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 All about wheelchairs and extra assistance. We could, we're I never want to fly everywhere. with you guys because I'll be boarding like 45 minutes after you. <laughs> as <laughs> I don't know if Southwest still does no, it, but that's all you where need it really is a service matters. Dog. Now, if you really want to, if you really want to load up fast, here's the trick for anybody who's listening. So, there's some basically all it takes to have a. I know service what you're dog, about to say, and this is douchey. If you want a service <laughs> dog, all you have to do is put a sticker on your dog that says "service dog." They sell them. You put your dog in that full body harness. You Velcro service dog to the side of it. There is no certification dog for, for, for service dogs. There's no school where they're like, yes, you've made it. None of that. <laughs> like, you do, there's no database for them to check. On top of this, they cannot ask you what your disability is or why you are required to have this service dog. So you could take your dog on the plane and he can sit wherever the fuck he wants. You just stick that sticker on him and you go to the front of the line. It's a real win-win. Oh, what so if your dog eats I, people? I had to deal with someone like that on a flight I was on recently because they had, and it wasn't a, uh, what was it, service animal. It didn't even have the fucking sticker on it. <laughs> it just had a normal leash, and <laughs> I, I was sitting in like that, that shitty little lobby area as they're calling all of the fucks to this guy. And he's like, oh, it's uh, his name's Chad. He's a emotional support dog. <laughs> An emotional support dog. So this guy was basically saying, I am, I am get so terrified on planes that I need an animal with me just so I don't lose my shit. Either that or I just brought this because I can and nobody's going to call me on it. Like, doesn't that <laughs> bother you? Like, people, like, you're just taking advantage of it. Someone has to sit there and deal with your dog. What if your dog smells like shit? What if it sheds a lot? What if someone's allergic to it? They all have, have to deal with it because you're too emotionally weak to get on a fucking plane. I Good sat God. next to one of those dogs one time, and the one that I was sitting next to was clearly like a legit one, because the guy was like, I don't know, whatever the dog's name was like, Rex, down. And Rex fucking went and got under this guy's seat, and it was like Rex wasn't there for the rest of that four-hour flight. <laughs> Rex didn't fucking move, he didn't fart, he didn't, he didn't do that. Yawning sometimes. He well, that's not what Chad, the whimpering emotional support dog, was like. Chad sounded like he needed fucking emotional support in that whole flight. <laughs> it was an ordeal. It was an annoying ordeal. Wow. This so. stupid. F I have no. I don't want. I don't care if they need Rex to grab his pills so he doesn't despite or expire during the flight. Just keep the fucking dogs out. I love dogs, but I'm on a plane. But not Chad. Not not Chad, the little bitch. <laughs> what oh, was man. Chad? was like uh and it had the look of a good support dog i think it was like a yellow lab okay yeah, yeah. just uh, when you see a dog like that you assume kind of that it's going to be okay not at all not even a little <laughs> at the beginning it was just <laughs> terrible i've seen We're taxiing away from the fucking gate and it's starting to shake under the seat Ugh. i've seen some real shit on airplanes and like most americans uh who fly a lot i feel like I'm very paranoid of giving off a false, like, scary vibe. Like, I, you know, I, 
I don't. I would never raise my voice on a plane for any reason. For example, like, like there's so much. You know, everybody's so nervous already around airplanes mm-hmm. and airports, and it's just it's such a hot button thing with terrorism. And I, you know, I, I, I'm afraid of no like, reason to risk it. No reason to risk it. But I've seen some crazy shit. We were flying one time from Seattle to Atlanta on a Virgin flight. If you if you have actually it was from Seattle to Boston. If you have the means, I highly recommend Virgin First Class. It's the best first class. You live in a purple and pink illuminate. It's like Tron. Every all the glass, everything is like clear and glass, and it's lit pink and purple. And there's like soft jazz music playing, and the TVs are like three inches bigger than anywhere else, and the food's better, and everybody's nicer there, and these seats are enormous, and they recline back like a bed. And then and Kitty's asleep next to me. I'm relaxing, watching some like Thor movie or something. And then this tiny little Korean woman appears from no man's land. You know where I'm talking about, back there where they keep them. And she just comes <laughs> through the curtain. And, you know, a little bit of their dirty, unfiltered yellow fluorescent light peers into our, you know, it's dark where we are in first class. All the shutters are closed. It's just pink and purple lights from these clear dividers between the, the, the rows. And this little Korean lady comes in there, and she, like, takes a few steps up, and she kind of... Looks, she's looking around. She's exploring, and and she comes. And Kitty's got so much room between, like foot room, that she she walks into Kitty's area, into her personal space, like between the the seat in front of her and Kitty's seat. But Kitty's like reclined back, sleeping, and I'm just watching this shit, wide eyed, like frozen. Like I'm just like, all right, if she pulls out a dagger or something, I guess I I deck her. But like, you know, otherwise I'm just frozen. I can't do anything. And the lady's like, shaking Kitty. She's like, shaking her awake. And I know Kitty's sleepy. I'm just like, can't. She's unarmed. What am I gonna do? And I'm just like watching. She's like, where? Hey, hey. And Kitty wakes up and she's like. Ah. What's going on? Who are you? And that lady's like, you'll see. You'll see very nice. How much? How much? And Kitty's like, what? What are you talking about? And I'm just giggling now. She's like, she's like, how much for your seat? It's very nice. I like your seat. How much? And I'm, I couldn't figure out if she wanted to buy the seat on the spot from Kitty or if she wanted to know for future reference how much these first-class seats cost, because she was into it. I'm dumbfounded. No, she was haggling for a seat. She was trying to buy it right there. The stewardess I give you a two fresh tuna fish. The stewardess has to come and put hands on this lady, and I have to explain. I'm like, I don't know. She came up here. She shook her awake, and she wanted to know how much the seat costs. I'm not sure if she wants to buy the seat or if she wants to know for future reference. And the lady's just like, what the? And like turns this old lady around and walks her out. Thirty minutes later, she's back trying to sneak into our bathroom. And like, like I, my of course, God. I I ratted her out. Of course, like first thing, because she's like waiting in line for like some other guy who's supposed to be shitting in there. Like he's got some, exp- you know, he, he's allowed. And and, mm. and I, I got the steward. I was like, hey, the lady's back. She's like, oh. And you could tell like she didn't want her shitting in there either. She got her and like fucking. You should have demanded that that surf be thrown overboard. She came back a third <laughs> fucking time, but this time she just kind of like opened the curtain and looked around in there as if to say, like, I don't need this shit anyway, and just kind of fucking left when, when someone spotted her. Like, it was bizarre. Um, that's the only time I've, I've seen that in first class. The only other cool first class story I have, when I looked like a real gentleman, um, I was flying with a girl from, like, New Orleans to, like, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, 
and I had a first class seat, but she had a coach seat, and there was no one next to me in first class. It was an open seat, and and I you know I, I kind of kissed her, and like she had to go back to coach, and I was kind of sitting there like this is kind of shitty as I read my book, and uh, I I asked the stewardess, I was like, hey, is is there any way since no one is sitting in the seat? that the girl that I'm with could come up and sit in this seat with me. And like three or four or five people hear this and they get involved because it's kind of an interesting thing. And the lady's like, no, can't do that. And I thought about it for a few seconds and I was like, well, I think I'm just going to go back there and sit with her and like get up and go to walk. And like everybody in first class like gives me like a clap. <laughs> like, like I'm a real nice guy. <clears throat> Meanwhile, I go to the back and it's like three seats wide. Nobody's there. She's like, give me a handy under the blanket. I was like, I made the right decision. <laughs> yes, good call. <laughs> right call. Yeah. And so did she. I think that's appropriate compensation for flying coach. I, I thought so. I yeah. thought I was being very generous, giving up my like beautiful, nice seat. So uh, crunchyroll.com slash PKA. Click on the link in the description and the annotation on the side. Uh, that was Painkiller Already, episode 215, unless you guys have something you need to get out. I think that's the show. Nope, that's the show. Very good. I had a good time. All right. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Bye. See you next week. <laughs> oh, God. That, that hurt. <laughs>